kind of an odd way for illegal immigrants to uh, ask the American people to forgive them for their offenses to appropriate one of our symbols and make it suit them better. A la luz de la aurora, lo que tanto aclamamos, la noche al caer, sus estrellas, sus brazos, sus estrellas. Major steps are being taken backwards because those who are afraid have hijacked the government and the media. They fear diversity, creativity, and the questioning of authority. Now, more than ever, it is time to unite in a place where you can still be yourself and the freedom of expression continues to exist. Exist. 
That's the new single from Ted Nugent. Thank you very much. What, what, what's new? What are you doing? Ah, what's new, J-Dubs? Did I hear little Toby Keith in there? Oops, I mean, que tal? <laughs> Yo estoy el jefe. Y tú? How are your legs today? 407-916-1041, star-1041 on your singular wireless phones. It's a hideout. Funniest night show in America. Best nighttime entertainment in Orlando. Uh, to answer your question, Dubs, sexy. Harry Not sex- tired? No, not at all. Good. I don't even know what today is. Uh, it is May 1st of the year 2006. Come on into the hideout. This is your safe place. This is where you can feel free to express yourself. When you call, Matt Albert will screen your phone call. He will say, uh, hideout, what name do you want to go by? Doesn't have to be a real name. It could be a nickname. Some name you've always wanted to go by. You know what? And tonight, it doesn't have to be in English. In fact, I would prefer that all of the names this evening are in Espanol. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041. Dubs, a busy Monday night. We have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Earth Day birthday, Monster Anniversary show, uh, your uh, nervous breakdown, and so, so much more. First, we started off. With El Bobby Hill, you're in the hideout on Royal Radio 104.1. What's up, Bobby? Wasn't the idea for you not to come to work today? <laughs> Isn't there some sort of you know protest or immigrant, you know, all that crap? Oh, you know what? You're right. Uh, you know, good get point. back here. Good point. He's right. I'm gonna go ahead and take off. Well, it looks like uh, you guys got the national anthem or Star Spangled Banner all night long. Repeat. Oh. Oh, it's O Town. Enye Cinque. Angel sounds beautiful. Right, I'm just coming back in because I like the song and I want to hear it again. As long as we keep it playing under us all night long, then I'm okay with being here. I like the drumming. It's Four. sexy. I gotta tell you, you know what this song screams to me? What's INS? that? INS. <laughs> Run. <laughs> uh. Bonnie on, uh, I guess, 90 or 95 here in the hideout on Road Radio. What's up, Bonnie? Hey, how you doing? All right. I, I'm just, like, flipping out. This. Why is that? Because y'all played this. Uh, what are we doing here? I'm What's sorry. that? What'd you, we couldn't what hear you. What are we doing? Why? I'm sorry. Uh, you, you cut out there. Yeah, you were cutting out. We couldn't hear you. Well, I'm sorry. Bonnie, go ahead, Bonnie. I said, there's some some sort of a connection problem. I'm sorry, Bonnie. Thank you for calling, though. Uh, 407-916-1041-888-978-104. Here's what's funny. What's that? Um, All of a sudden, you take away a language, and people are just riddled with fear and anger. Can someone look up when the Star Spangled Banner was wrote, or written, or righted? Uh... France, yeah, exactly. You butcher the English language. Exactly. You're white, man. It's okay. However, if uh, some guy who's serving you McDonald's does it, you want him to go back to wherever he came from. And therein the lies the hypocrisy. Hey, dub turn it down just for one second. 
I like this version, too. This is the English version. Right, now let me play the beginning of this again. A Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same freaking song. Michelle in Orlando, ladies first when you call the hired out. What's going on, Michelle? Hi, I got two questions. Mm -hmm. One, how come the English version doesn't sound that good? <laughs> That's true. I'm not going to lie to you. This one has some soul to it. This one, like... This is some feeling. This is some people who love America singing this song. I have a. It is. Um, and who, who else, who else sings that? I know White Club John in it, isn't it? And it sounds like Aventura, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, Dubs, you just lost Dubs because mm. you used an accent. But uh, let me look it up real fast. You rolling those R's scares me to death. <laughs> Michelle, give me two seconds. I'll look it up and I'll announce it. All right, sweetie. All right, thank you. Thank you. I bet she's hot too. Tempered. <laughs> True. <laughs> Just throw a shoe at you. Hot and blooded. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I just don't get how you know. Listen to the soul in this. These these people love America. They are putting it all into it. I can see hacksaw Jim Duggan walking down the ring to this one. Eighteen sixteen, according to Bobo, Star Spangled, uh, Star Spangled Banner. Okay. I got eighteen fourteen over here, so we have a two-year gap. Let's just say eighteen fifteen. Let's just throw it out eighteen fifteen. It's written in the War of eighteen twelve. Okay. Uh, well, now we have to say eighteen teens in yeah. fifteen ninety four. Oh, BC. All right. Let me see who sings this. Um, it's called Nuestro. Himno. Ah, there, he just said it. Oh, man, I don't know who has it in front of me. Now, are we sure these are hidden terrorist lyrics in here? Yeah, this is the new, uh, this is this is what all of the cells, as soon as they heard Nestro Nino, then they're, uh, the plan is well underway. I gotta admit, the guy in the background. Yeah, he's kind of pissing me off. He scares me a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's go to uh, Lee in New Smyrna. You're in the hideout on Real Radio. Sound off, buddy. Go ahead. Well, I was listening last Friday actually to the Phillips file, and they had Angel translate this. Mm -hmm. And the words are exactly the same as the national anthem. So I don't see Star the big deal in everything. Star Spangled Banner. Yes, it's the exact same words. They didn't change anything. Actually, right. I don't think that's true. Because uh, I. He did say they changed a little, like, the only line they really changed was about the bombs bursting in air because they wanted it to be more of a peaceful thing, but that's it. All right, yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, as far as I know, it's exactly the same. Pinatas okay. bursting in air. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, I Candy am falling, falling from... down oh, everywhere. All right. And I do have to say, personally, my favorite version is Jimi Hendrix's, but that's neither here nor there. And you remember how Jimi Hendrix, people were so pissed... Now, now they'll play that before games. Right. No, but people were so pissed because somehow Jimi Hendrix disgraced the National Anthem. You know who pisses you know, me off when they do it? Zach Wilde. When that son of a bitch in the middle of an Aussie concert will break out into the uh, National Anthem in a guitar solo, that actually angers me. What this symbolizes to me is soccer come to the U.S., and when uh, before, before the uh, game starts, we're going to hear this. 
fútbol americano. Solo en Univision. This means we're not going to win the World Baseball Classic. We won't even have the fifth best team in the World Baseball Classic. You know what would help this right now? Hmm. Release an Arabic version of the Star Spangled Banner, and no one would give a damn about the Spanish version. Yeah, that's what you need. Nice Chinese version. African version just clicks and pops all away. Might be racist. It's not true. Ron in Orlando, you're in the hideout on Rural Radio. What's up, Ron? Hey, um, I was in the Navy, and I'm a pretty patriotic person. Yes, sir. I actually, uh, get goosebumps whenever any country or any other soldier song or any other, you know, patriotic song comes on. Mm-hmm. And this one, when you played it, was the first time I heard it. I got goosebumps. The hair stood up. It's beautiful. I could sing the song. I could sing the American version in my head as the music was playing. To me, I, I have no... And you know, I, I, thought, I, didn't, I didn't think it was bad at all. You know what? And that's a funny thing about it, Ron, because I tell you what, I had the exact same reaction where you kind of get the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear Spanish language version, they're marching, you know, this, that, and the other. But then they're when you, the, but then when you actually, the same thing we are. They're they're still happy to be in a free land. They're happy to have the the possibilities that we have. I think it's great. I hear you. Thank you, Ron. This is offensive to me. What is this? Anybody want to guess who this is? Electric Light Orchestra. Don't tell me. Save it for next. It's the Hideout Real Radio 104.1. It's a Monday night in the Hideout Real Radio 104.1. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041 and star 1041 on your singular wireless phone. Yeah, didn't see this one coming. Uh, it's the Spanish version. You didn't see that coming. No, it's not. Look what it says in here. Damn it. Stupid machine. We started the show with the... Uh, is it the National Anthem in no, Spanish? No, Star Spangled Banner. Star Spangled Banner in uh, Spanish. And um, Jaime and Claremont, you're in the hideout. Jaime. Hey, that was, that was great timing. I just... Happen to be driving down the road. Off to my left is a big fire that they're fighting out there. And uh, all of a sudden, as you were playing the national anthem, I kid you not, there was a bald eagle sitting on the fence post. <laughs> That's I tell you. I got the I got the same feeling. Listen, listening to, to the Spanish version of the Star Spangled Banner as I did listen to Whitney Houston. I gotta I tell mean, you, that makes me shrivel. <laughs> that actually, you want to go do some coke? Uh, I, Always. It, it was, it was well. I tell you what, though. Uh, you know, we. Uh, do you guys remember Roseanne Barr's version? Oh yeah. When, when she was uh, actually did it for the San Diego Padres, yes. I believe. Yeah. Now that that should create a lot more uproar than anything. It, that did create so quite good. a bit, though. Oh yeah. She yeah. was uh, she was marked there for a while. Hey Jaime, thank you, buddy. Yeah. We'll talk to you. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041. Here's our buddy listening on RealRadio.fm, Bobo, up in uh, B-more. What's going on, Bobo? Hola, los hideoutistas. <laughs> What's going on? Se llama esta Bobo. Mm. Como esta? Mm. Huh? Well, anyway, <laughs> the, uh, um, you were going through those dates about the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. That date Tommy gave gave was a, a song called The Defense of Fort McHenry. Okay. And that was also 
written by Francis Scott Key in Boston. It's not the date I gave. It's the date you gave me to pass on. 1816. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Bobo, so the National Anthem and the Star Spangled Banner are the same thing? Oh, the Star Spangled Banner is the National Anthem. Yes, it's what we chose. And the funny thing is, it comes from a British drinking song. Like what, the beat? The British... Well, I don't understand. So it, just the just the rhythm and the uh, guitar and everything and all that that that's from uh, British drinking song. We just put our own words on it. Yeah, the, it was the melody of the favorite drinking song of the Crown and Anchor Tavern. <laughs> all right, Bubble, you know way too much about stupid stuff. Hey, see you, buddy. How's the snack? I Spanish too. Love you guys. Yeah, love see you. you. That's. The love. Didn't Bobo used to play like a lute or something like that? No, a uh, sitar. Yeah, oh. sitar. Sitar Zan. I thought it was a me. coconut with strings. Essentially. Jeff in Brooksville, you're in the hideout. What's up, hey, Jeff? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, I got a couple of things. Number one, everybody in this country, unless they're American, Native Americans, came from immigrants to begin with. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And I'm with yeah. you on that. That's why I find yeah. this so amazing. And number two, I mean, I think them translating the the, the national anthem is a it's, it's a sign of respect. I mean, they, they'd have to respect the song enough to want to translate it. You know, it's not a disrespect thing. I completely agree. So, what do you think the anger is, Jeff? I, I have no clue. I really don't understand. Any People other. are afraid of what they don't understand. What they don't understand is Spanish or any other language <laughs> other than English. Right. I would, uh, and they don't really have a huge grasp on that either. <laughs> yeah, as you've heard. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it, my friend. Uh, 407-916-1041. It's the Hideout Real Radio 104.1. Gotta give it to my people. We can sing. Why don't you give it a try? Belt some out for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm more of a baritone. Bill in Orlando, you're in the hideout. What's up, Bill? Hello. Yes, sir. Go. Yeah, I was born, raised, and educated in Germany. I came over here in 1957 with mm-hmm. a mechanical engineering degree, and I had to fight my way up the ladder. I had to go and prove by going to college and taking a semester of American history, going in front of a judge and proving to him that I could speak, read, and write English and knew everything there was to know about the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, you were a German, too. Let's put and, that in perspective. Yeah. And it's a slap in the face to uh, have this... Uh, hold, on people... a now, hold on a second. Hateful German? <laughs> hmm. Well, but you, you know, uh, I'm, you... An Ameri- I'm an American now. I mean, yes, you know, for... now, but you, you find it to be a uh, slap in the face because you had to go through all this stuff to uh, become American and... You, you feel like uh, the uh, Mexicans and the other Spanish people are trying to get it handed to them. That's correct. Hmm. Now, how, exactly what, right. what do you, what do you uh, propose? What I want? What do you propose to do about it? Like, what, what would be the uh, best way to get through it? And if you say round them up, I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> I say do it. Shoot them, put them in a pit. Oh, Stop. sir, sir, that was wrong. That's <laughs> awful. Come on, Bill. No. Go ahead. No, let, let them earn American citizenship just like all the people that have to come for them from other countries. Hey. So a quiz? I think, I, I think I a nice quiz. That would be fun. We could do it right here on yeah. the show. I would probably get all of them wrong. Yeah. I won't lie. I shouldn't be American. All right, Bill, real fast. Pop quiz. You ready? Yeah. 37th president, go. 
no, I don't no, pitch no. love. Come on. I don't, come I, on. You could have said anybody. I'd have said yes. Like, I know. <laughs> come on. I was born in this country. Like, I know. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate your uh, insight, man. Okay. All right. Shocker. Angry German. <laughs> Just staring at his armband the whole time through the conversation. Come on. You don't know that. Maybe he had a headband on and he was rocking out to Loverboy. I, was who, that was that who did the uh, the version that you played? No. All right, who played that version then? Boston. Play it again for a second. Well, that makes sense. So they have the tea party. Has the longest, gayest, most annoying intro ever. <laughs> this is their version. Yes. Of the national. They're trying to scare you. Apparently, it's Freddy Krueger is chasing you before they break into the Star Spangled Banner. What's with the? I'm gonna get you. Don't go to sleep tonight. Is UFO Phil in this band? I wish. Rock, rock. I hate Boston. The city of the band. Never been to the city. I'd like to okay. at some point. Okay. Right, who? This should be an easy one. Who does this one? Boys to men. All right. Justin Aaron Neville in there. Did I get that right? Yeah. Who does this one? Say, can you see? Jenny McCarthy. No, Joan Jett. All right, let Jet. me say this. Hold on. As I, as I listen to all these, and don't stop it, please. As I listen to all these, I said stop it. It seems to me that white people are the ones messing up the Star Spangled Banner. Jawohl, sehr gut. I don't think they're messing it up, but I, I I don't think that uh, you we've had a better voice than this on the Spanish version. All right, Whitney Houston, Boys to Men, the Spanish version. Those are the good ones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have like 87 Star Spangled Banners. Is this in the here. band that does Come On Eileen? No, it is not Dexie's Midnight Run. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It is thinking. the Charlie Daniels band. <laughs> is Charlie Daniels the black country star? No. That's Charlie Pride. Damn it. Charlie Daniels the devil went down right. to Georgia. Well, Alright, I've had enough. Hold on. Uh, Bailey on I-4, you're in the hideout. You're going to miss the Marvin Gaye Star Spangled Banner. Preview him back there. Hold on. <laughs> Bailey, you're in the hideout. What's up, Bailey? Hey, guys. One of your D.C. fans. I get to listen to you again down here in Orlando. Oh, thank um, you, man. I just want to say, you know, what the hell's wrong with this American? We're so single-minded right now that we are letting the slide of hand by the Republican Party and Bush pull our attention away from the serious issues of what's going on in Iraq, our dependence on oil, people buying SUVs, and it's all because of one freaking song. Now, uh, here's you know? a, here's the funny thing, dude. You so nailed it on the head. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We didn't even cover it a whole lot because we thought it would blow over, but it's such an election year like stunt mm-hmm. issue kind of yeah. thing. That it's it's you know it's it's transparent, but for some reason this stupid thing has like, legs. It, it, who started it? That's what I know. Who started this whole immigration BS? Lou Dobbs. I, mean... <laughs> I blame it all on Lou Dobbs. That's Don't. Son, his show is constantly about immigration. He, that's his niche. You got... Oh well, they're doing a great job because everybody's forgetting all the serious issues to focus on something that's complete BS. I agree and with you. We need to wake up and quit getting tunnel vision here and wake up to what the real issues are. Bailey, good to uh, have you down here with us, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you. All right, let's take a break. All right, give me a little Marvin Gaye then. Let me hear that one. No, I don't want to play Marvin Gaye now. Now you get this. <laughs> Could have had nice black singer, but he said Kenny G. No. Worse. 
Jessica Simpson. Worse. Can you see? Who? I don't know who this is. Who? It's Cher. Oh, I thought it was a man. I guess I was right. Are you kidding me? This isn't a dude? Nope. It's Cher. I'm thinking like, I don't know, David Copperfield or... My next guest was Barry Manilow. Yes, that's... I'm sorry, I didn't mean David. That's who I was thinking. Or Clay Aiken. One of... At the Copa, Copa Cabana Manor. I'm telling you, you white folks should be mad at yourself for screwing up this song. At the Copa. We can't blame everything on transvestites. We do it right. Copa Jesus. Cabana, it's the America, hideout. She was a shy girl. <laughs> Real Radio 104.1. Coming up next on the hideout. Dubs, coming up we're going to talk to uh, Dr. Sue Erickson, uh, Erickson Bloland who is the author of In the Shadow of Fame. She's going to talk about our obsession with celebrities. Ooh. Um, I've always wondered what it is, so we'll get down to that. Plus, an amazing story that J-Dubs has involving him and Bicurious BJ and a nervous breakdown. That's coming up in The Hideout on Real Radio 104.1. I'm going gay. All right, welcome back into The Hideout, Real Radio 104.1. I'm going gay. I'm going gay. Um, right, it's funny you come back with this. So today I'm in the middle of moving and getting a lot of stuff canceled, switched over, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was put on hold a lot today. Yeah. And real fast, when is the, the hold music going to change? Because, hold on a second, I, I wrote down what, I, what was playing while I was on hold. Um, the whole time I was there on hold, and I can't remember who it was, but I did have the chance to write these down. And let me see it here. Brian Adams. Which one? I can't remember. Is it the one from uh, Robin Hood? No, it wasn't that Damn one. It. John Cougar Mellencamp. Nice. And Cool in the Gang. That's not a bad lineup. But I'm thinking... That has been the hold music ever since it came out. It's a very, very um, odd rotation they have in there where they seldomly will add anything. Uh, you might get a little Rembrandt's, the Friends theme in there every once in a while. I mean, you're just you're stuck at a mix station, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as department stores. Department stores will be playing the same crap. Well, no, department stores, it depends on... Which, uh, I'm sorry, which I mean, area you go into. I, I'm, I, I meant like the Walmarts. Like, uh, superstores. So I'm thinking, when is the hold music finally going to change? What would you like it to change to? I don't know. I mean, it's not going to change to what I like. But what's the hold music of our generation? Is it going to be stuff like Jason Mraz, whoever that is? Or Maroon 5? What were you going to say, Matt? I I knew the title of the Jason Mraz hit, The (sighs) Remedy. The Remedy? Yeah. And I'm just wondering, I don't know, we're in this whole music thing right now, but I was just thinking about, uh, I maybe you do hear this when you're on hold, or you're calling in, or you know, you're going to some uh, superstore, but don't you find it odd that like John, and let me ask you this, 70 years from now, will John Cougar Mellencamp still be 
the hold music. Whenever you call in, you're put mm-hmm. on hold somewhere. I hope so. Because that means I'm still alive at like 100. I just wonder when it's finally going to switch over. See, all right. This will be this will be the uh, the elevator and uh, and uh, hold music. Why is that? Is it because it's that's very uh, safe? Very, yeah, very safe. That's uh, what chicks dig. And like right when it came out, both younger people and older people embraced it. So uh, it's very easy to do. Who is this? That guy who sings a Superman song? No, this is Maroon Five. I hope there's a train song on there. All right, you know what? Train is another one that will drops prob- of Jupiter. I hate Train more than any other band in the world. I can't stand them. They make me, they just make me angry, and I just want to beat the hell out of that singer. I don't know. I like them. What? I mean, I wouldn't go I buy an album. I don't that Star Spangled Banner stuff than Train. I have one that's going to be it. All right, let me hear. I wish they played this on hold. <laughs> I don't think this one gets played. It's no? too dark. Once there was a skid who got into an accident and good and come to school. But when he finally came back, his hair had turned from black into bright white. Like is this, Matt. Is this one of the top karaoke songs? Because all you have to do to sing it is just smile and not, like, open so your mouth, move your teeth or anything? Mm-hmm. I guess it is. All right. Actually, I got another one for you. Matt actually clapped. Is this Aerosmith? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm again. You're such a fruit. Why don't you go work at a mix station, dude? This was all the crap I was playing when I was starting up in Lubbock, Texas. On Mix 100, your music fix. Ugh. And it, it kills you because you don't want to be on hold. No, and this makes you want to hang up even more. And then, you, and just... then you, get, you get disconnected, and you call back, and it's still that song, and it just pisses you off even more. Well, <laughs> it pisses me off that I was on hold through three different songs. Brian Adams, John Cougar Mellencamp, and uh, Cool in the Gang. You're lucky it was only three songs. Sometimes it's like 40 songs. Matt, you're such a fruit. I don't know. I don't know anyone with a penis who likes this song. It's not bad. No, it's not even close to being good. Class of 1998, grab your day. It's the last dance of the night. I just wonder as well. Like. I don't want to fall. Sleep, you guys are awful. You, this is the worst. Alright, it's a hideout, no radio, what a four point one. Hideout. It's the hideout. Stay tuned. Listen. The hideout. I'm asking you to forgive me for even bringing that up so those douches could sing. We're going to come back with the ultimate one. Alright, and that's when we talk to uh, Sue Erickson Blolin, the author of In the Shadow of Fame. It's a very interesting book about our obsession with celebrities. I'm sure you probably wondered why you care about Brad Jelena. We'll find out next on Real Radio 104.1. All right, welcome back into the hideout, Real Radio 104.1. All right, Dubs, you're right. Semi-Sonic closing time <laughs> will be a on-hold song. It's the ultimate one. I have no doubt about that one. Only played about 10 o'clock at night when they shut down the phones. 
Oh, we used to play that all the time at when I was at Mix, mm-hmm. Mix 100 in Lubbock, Texas, on Friday and Saturday nights, right at about two one fifty five. Yeah, and we make ha- all the hack jokes. Oh yeah, we would play it at uh, Big Cheese Pizza while we were cleaning up just to be hack. That's awesome. <laughs> Dubs joining us in the hideout, the author of In the Shadow of Fame, uh, Sue Erickson Blolin, here on Real Radio 104.1. Sue, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, nice we, to be here. We just came back with that clip of, I guess it was Angelina Jolie talking about Brad Pitt. And um, I, I'm always fascinated by, I guess it was two weeks ago, when Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise give birth to mm-hmm. Surrey Cruise Holmes. Demon child. Whatever it is. Uh, I'm always wondering why people care. Like, what it is that, like, why we're so fascinated with celebrities. Uh, can you help explain that, Sue? You know, I think that, that we're all struggling to figure out what's important in our own lives and what's most meaningful to us, and it looks as if celebrities have all the answers. They seem to just have figured out what is important in life, and then they seem to have gotten it for themselves. And how many people feel that about their own lives? It, it's really uh, just an image that looks so uh, glittering in comparison to our daily struggles uh, with all of the most biggest issues in life. And, of course, the truth is that those celebrities are struggling with the same issues, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like it. Now, how far does uh, the almost worshiping of celebrities go back? Does it go all the way back to, uh, or does it go back to a Roman Empire or further back? You know, it's a really good question because this uh, emphasis on and the complete fascination with celebrity is pretty unique, I think, mm-hmm. to our culture in the sense that there just weren't very many famous people in the in the Roman Empire, for example. How many people? were really widely known, perhaps a few well, they, military leaders. Yeah, they they were like the, what from what I've heard and read, were, were kind of like the first ones to kind of, you know, like be like uh, interested in like the sports and all that kind of stuff. And they uh, right. really uh, kind of brought that culture about. So I was wondering if they kind of started the uh, celebrity status well, as well. Well, that's a good, good point because they did have heroes in the sense that there were... Um, you know, they, they were people who fought extremely well in the Colosseum and things like that, mm-hmm. and then became Are you not entertained? well known for a short period of time, perhaps, but they weren't known across the entire country because they didn't have the media that yeah. we have. And I think the whole fascination with fame really is uh, a product of the fact that we have so much information through the media. Uh, I'm sorry, Sue Erickson of Lowlin, the author of In the Shadow of Fame here in the Hideout on Real Radio 104.1. So it sounds to me it's just a living vicariously sort of situation. But, I mean, how how bad is that for the average person who is trying to live their life just like J-Lo or, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, uh, P. Diddy or anything else, when really they have no hopes of ever getting to that? I mean, is it good or is it bad? Well, I think it's it's bad. It it may have it has a wonderful entertainment value, and perhaps there are certain public figures who uh, who really do enhance our moral awareness. Rush Limbaugh. Who, 
right. <laughs> now, uh, with uh, with that though, do we take it too far though? Is it just you know kind of over to a new level? I mean, it, it's fine to be entertained, but then we go up to kind of worshiping, almost. Exactly. I, I was going to say the entertainment value is wonderful, and then there are certain people who really do raise the level of our awareness and of our, um, you know, our consciences, so to speak, who really teach us a lot about the world. And then there are an awful lot of people who really don't. But we, uh, are, I think, are very distracted from all the things that we have in our own lives that are really the most nourishing things for human beings to focus on, you know, family life, social life, work, meaningful work. Uh, We all live with very difficult problems because it is difficult to be a human being. But it, and I think we have some sort of image that the celebrities we admire are not struggling with those same problems because they look as if they have conquered adversity. And the truth is that they haven't. They are dealing with their own very difficult issues, psychological, I mean, social. Not all celebrities can be as perfect as Charlie Sheen. And that's, that's what right. people have to realize. <laughs> right. right. Uh, it's a hideout row radio 104.1 with uh, Sue Erickson Blolin and the author of a book, In the Shadow of Fame. It's very fascinating. I've always said this, Sue, that we here in America, our greatest production, at least nowadays, uh, more, you know, it used to be, you know, things like cars and, you know, manufacturing. But right now we are producing, very good at producing distractions. And what I mean by distractions are, you know, you've got satellite radios, you've got movies, you've got television, you've got satellite television. We, we specialize in leisure. Yeah, yeah. It seems that that's really what, what our society has begun to, at least our economy is almost based around to an extent. And that has just taken this whole celebrity thing to another level, and it's almost we need these celebrities now uh, to push things. I mean, you have celebrities getting just an insane amount of endorsement deals, insane am- uh, amount of money for uh, for being just famous for not really anything in particular. Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're out there pushing soap when they you know do don't you, have anything to do with soap. Do you think that somehow that has added a little bit to the celebrity, the whole marketing? selling thing aspect to it too where it's more yeah, I important think it's very, very circular indeed because the the media makes celebrities more famous and then celebrities help to support the media with the ad, with advertising it, it is indeed very circular you used to be known as kind of a sellout if you went and did a commercial or if your uh, song was in a commercial or something like that now it's kind of a cool thing to be done. Yeah. Well, there were times. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sue. I'm just surprised at how often uh, people who are very famous in their own right they really don't need the exposure, and that I can't imagine that they need the money, uh, and yet they uh, are are seduced into doing commercials. It's it's very surprising, isn't it? And even the thing too. Uh, by the way, in the shadow of fame is the name of the book. Sue Erickson Blowland. The interesting thing too is how you know. Angelina Jolie on a prime time. Tom Cruise is on prime time, you know, the week before. Just the access and the granting of all these interviews, again, kind of in this, like you said, it's, you know, this uh, this circular motion where here I am, I'm famous, I'm going to come onto your show to help boost my, my celebrity, to help you boost your ratings, to help sell stuff that may in turn help me get an endorsement deal. It just seems... A really odd thing that we're in right now. 
It does seem. I, I totally agree. It, it certainly diminishes your, your sense of uh, admiration for the celebrities who might otherwise represent very fine uh, value systems and, and um, even Angelina Jolie, who is doing very wonderful work in the world, right? Uh, but cannot avoid being drawn into the uh, publicity, uh, what we're calling a circle here. It is, it's really kind of sad that mm -hmm. that has to be so. So what's going to happen? What are we, where is this all going to wrap up and, and will it at all? I mean... Is it at any point where you're going to get bored? Because I really thought the reality TV thing would be over, but now there's a whole there's, show. There's a whole network for it. No, there's a network for it, but American Idol is essentially we're just trying to vote on and create the next celebrity. It just next I, idol. Right. Where does it? Where does it end? <laughs> next thing to worship. Right. Where does it end, uh, Sue? I don't know that it does. I just think that somehow our lives are are more and more profoundly uh, impacted by the by the media, mm -hmm. and that's going to mean celebrity as not well. radio though. And it is rather um, it is rather like an addiction. That is the more the more the more, um, and it certainly does draw people's attention away from the other aspects of their lives that are more deeply engaging, more deeply rewarding. Uh, relationships being one of those, uh, you know, one of the things on the list, um, we do tend to devote a tremendous amount of attention to to the media and to the public figures that we're introduced to on the media. I think it is very distracting from our own personal lives. Well, I hope that somehow we get out of it. I just really can't see anything doing it. I mean, we're so wrapped up. Not to be too much of a pessimist, but it just almost seems like we're so far gone. It, There's uh, no way you're going to get rid of the celebrity overall. I mean, it's going to be there forever as long as America's here. I think I think it'll begin to happen, unfortunately, if something really bad happens and everything's kind of put back into perspective. And then you kind of realize, all right, you know what? It doesn't really matter who's giving birth to what. It's not really that, you know, that's not the most important thing right now. Well, Sue Ann Erickson, uh, uh, Erickson Blolin, uh, author of In the Shadows of Fame, thank you very much for coming in the hideout to talk about America's obsession with celebrities. You have a very good book. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will talk to you. That's just something that's always fascinating to me. Yeah, the whole celebrity thing is a very weird thing. Is there any celebrity that you say you obsess on? That I obsess on? I went through a clay I can think for a while there. Is it over? I think so. I think I've moved on. I'm not a claymate anymore. I'm a claymate at heart. I just don't flash the colors around. Who's your favorite celebrity at this moment? My favorite celebrity right now would have to be. Let me let me think who I've. Been All of you boys think about that. Watching the hell out I know of lately. mine. Uh, it's like a six-way tie though. Who? Catherine Brown, Dan Stone, Chris Campmeyer, right. Russ Rollins, Shannon Burke, uh, Mr. Phillips, and. Uh, I would say the complete cast of Lost. Would be mine. I like Russ the most. What was that one you no, threw I in like at the Russ end? No, I like Russ more. <laughs> what was the one you threw in at the end? No, oh, he's only got till July. Leave him alone. Phil Hendry. Oh. How come I'll get thrown in there? Because I know you. You're an ass. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite right now, George Clooney. I, I'm a Clooney fan. I've always been a pretty big Clooney I saw fan. saw him on Bill Maher over the weekend, too. He seems to be doing some good stuff in Darfur. He makes some good movies. You know who really impressed me on Bill Maher like a couple weeks ago? What? Awesome. Uh, 
Ben Affleck, who, yeah. I've, who I've been really, really annoyed with for a while, and he kind of uh, made a comeback for me. He's a better political commentator than he is an actor. <laughs> Oddly enough. It's really an odd thing. All right, Dubs, let's give out some prizes. 407-916-1041, star-1041 on your singular wireless phones. We revamped the format here in the hideout, but that doesn't mean that we don't still have great game shows for you. And it is our Monday usual. Whose weekend was it? Here are the prizes we have to give out. We got tickets to see Craig Ferguson at the Hard Rock Live. We got that Shaquille O'Neal DVD. We have four-pack of passes to see Thank You for Smoking. Chunks need mine, so I can go see that at any Regal Theater. Uh, Shanks for Nothing, the closest thing to Caddyshack, uh, between two covers. It's a Sports Illustrated book. And also, to a WWE Backlash Prize Pack. So here's what I want. Whose weekend was it? 407-916-1041, Here is your first question. Over the weekend, this hideout member worked both Clear Channel events. Hefe, Dubs, Bateman, or Chunks worked both Clear Channel events. Hefe, Dubs, Bateman, or Chunks. You get two out of three correct. You're a winner. We play the game next. Real Radio 104.1. All right, here we go. Giving away prizes. Whose weekend was it? Our weekend recap game. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041. Everybody on the board will get a chance to play. How about we do that? I like that. Uh, if you missed the first one, we'll give you a second chance. We'll do it late. Instead of doing two out of three. If you can get one right, then you can be a winner. Uh, whose weekend was it? Sometimes dangerous, occasionally educational, and almost always embarrassing. The following are actual events that happened to a hideout member during the weekend. And while it may be best not to relive these events, for entertainment purposes, we do so anyway. So call now and play. Whose weekend was it? Alright, here's the way it works. If you get it correct, you will hear this. I'm all messed up today. If you get it incorrect, you get this. Oh, Jesus Christ. And we shall start the game. J-Dubs, I think, at first. Three ladies. Ooh. All shall go first. Ladies first when you call into the hideout. Mm-hmm. Even to play the games. April and 408, you ready? I am. All right, here we go. Whose weekend was it? Uh, over the weekend, this hideout member worked both Clear Channel events. Hefe, Dubs, Bateman, or Chunks. Whose weekend was it? Um, I'm going to say Chunks. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't he? Good, good job, April. Hold on, you're a winner, sweetie. Thanks. Um, now, you worked the Monster Anniversary show, yes, which was a blast. We, we had an awesome time. Now. We will talk more about that coming up in just a little bit. And also, Earth Day birthday for our buddies over at Real Rock. Yeah, I was over in the uh, the merch tent selling, uh, selling shirts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's interesting. All right, How gonna, so? He's going to share a story from that in, oh, okay. in just a little bit. And I've heard a little bit of it. You're right. It's very good. Uh, we shall move on, though, to play the game. Whose weekend was it? Next up, Jan in Lake Helen. You ready, Jan? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Over the weekend, this hideout member destroyed a Walmart cart because he got screwed. Hefe, Dubs, Bateman, or Chunks, whose weekend was it? Cafe. Yep. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Good job, Jan. I am the one with the bad temper. Way um, to bring a stereotype. Yeah. So I went and bought a new chair mm-hmm. I needed for my desk area. And I uh, it was Saturday night, I think, after 10. And so I uh, go get it, and I take it back. 
And it's just destroyed when I open the box. It's so broken. It's beyond belief. Someone probably brought it back after they broke it, and uh, they just put it back out there without checking it. I was so angry that... You know, normally I'm a procrastinator, but I'm like, no, I want this chair. I've been looking forward to getting it all day. I'm taking it back now. Well, I get up there, and the uh, slow person in the blue vest... What do you mean, slow? Yay! ...says, I'm sorry, our return desk closes at 10. And it is like 10.20. They can't even go over at customer service? Nope. I was livid. What'd you do? Livid. Did you start yelling at her right there? No. I could, I just gave him this look like I'm going to hurt you, and then I go outside with the shopping cart. You know how they have these little protector beams? Mm-hmm. So, so I guess a car can't come driving through the window? Yeah. I rammed the cart into that on my way out. <laughs> then I take it back over to my Scion, put the, uh, put the broken chair back into the back of my car, close Stupid it. Bike. Then I grab the... I grab the uh, cart and throw it up against the the uh, tree that's you, standing next there to me. If you really wanted that uh, that chair fixed and sitting at your doorstep in the morning, you should just put it by the trash can. Mr. Miyagi would have picked it up, fixed it up for you, and left it up there. Tracy in Melbourne, you're next up in the hideout on Road Radio 104.1. You ready, Tracy? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Whose weekend was it? Over the weekend, this hideout member was actually productive on a Sunday for once in his life. Hefe Dubs, Bateman or Chunks, whose weekend was it? Uh, Cafe Dubs. Cafe Dubs? <laughs> <I did. laughs> Good try, but no. You said two people, and actually, no, you still got it wrong. Hold on, Tracy, we'll get a second chance. Hang tight, sweetie. Uh, you, Bateman? <laughs> yeah, that last answer just took all... Uh, oh, who all cares? Energy. Move on. What happened? Uh, I actually did stuff. Usually Sundays I stay home and do nothing. What'd you do? I uh, went shopping at Walmart, had a lovely time, no problems at all, and I went grocery shopping, and I filled up my uh, car with gas, and I worked out doing a boxing workout, then I walked my you, dog, money bags. and then I uh, lifted weights and did more uh, cardio. Um, I'm living a little high on the hog over there. Chase, uh, Tracy, here's your second yeah. try, sweetie. All right. Over the weekend, this hideout member felt overwhelmed by his DVR. Half a... Different person, Dubs. Different person, Chunks. Different person, Bateman. Whose weekend was it, sweetie? Who was it? Tracy? Ah. Cut that bitch off! Next caller! John in Daytona. I'll give you the same question, John. You ready? I'm ready. Over the weekend, this hideout member felt overwhelmed by his DVR. Hefe, Dubs, Bateman, or Chunks? Hefe. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Good job, John. You're a winner, my friend. So, I did not realize how much pressure this DVR thing is. What do you mean, pressure? It's so much. I got homework. So you feel like you have to watch it because you recorded it. Oh, my goodness. How about you go home? Delete everything. I can't. Just clear it out. I got about 20 episodes of ER I got to get caught up on. Just do it, man. I'm almost to that point where I hope something happens to it. And it ends up getting screwed up so that I lose it and all the pressure's off. But I think I have about three days' worth of stuff to watch now. This is like Terminator, man. The machine's just starting to control you. I know what you mean. Like, I've subscribed to a lot of different podcasts, like 
Dynamite and like mm-hmm. ONA ones, and they're just getting all updated on my computer. And every time it updates, I get more and more pissed off because I can't listen Here, to them. Here's a funny one: one that isn't getting updated is ours. <laughs> Well, he's so overwhelmed by the other ones he's yeah. downloading. I guess you don't want to put that pressure on the fans of this show. <laughs> exactly. Because I actually subscribe to ours, too. And I haven't seen anything new up there in about six days, which is great to build, uh, you know, habits when it comes to podcasting. Some great you're overwhelmed. That's fantastic. I'm very happy. Mitchell. Mitchell and Claremont. Are you there, Mitchell? Yeah, I am. All right, here we go. Over the weekend... This hideout member sent a delivery person on a wild goose chase. Hefe, Dubs, Bateman, or Chunks, whose weekend was it? You know, I, I'm not an avid listener. I was just flipping stations, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Harry Chapin. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Oh. Ugh, I got Ray die. Kurzweil. He's a good guy, too. I hope you die. What is this? Whoa, I don't that's even, a bit rough. <laughs> I, don't even, what, I don't even know what's going on here. Who's I'm Harry just guessing, uh, you know, blindly, because I don't listen to your radio Stupid son of a show. bitch, don't ever call again. Shut up, Matt. What are you, why are you getting pissed off? Because he wastes my time screening the phone. <laughs> it's your fault, because you didn't screen him. Well, you're not supposed to screen him. What are you supposed to ask him? I don't know. I'm That's here for you to figure man. out. Crash. <laughs> but it's your problem, because you're the quote-unquote phone screener. It's his problem. Screw him. And this ass got through. It's actually... I swear to God, an ice pick needs to go through his temple. It's on you, though. It's not Mitchell's fault for being an ass. with a spoon. No, definitely. Yeah, it's not his fault. So he's an asswipe. What does it matter? It's on you. Yeah, it's not... So who did I win? Hell. This. You win a prize pack to hell. That's what you want. A dial tone. Congratulations. Enjoy that. Why are you so mad? I just hate people that uh, waste time, or someone that wants to call. <laughs> you are the poster child for wasting time. I know, but someone that will call and not want to go on air, but give you something totally worthless. Somebody like that, or someone that will just give you a you know a call to play a game and just give you a joke answer that's not funny. Harry Chapin, how is that funny in any way? Who's Harry Chapin? That's Who? the first person. Harry Chapin. Kettle. Yeah. Huh? Old Ron and Fez intern. No. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, what is that? He uh, sang Cats in the Cradle originally. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. It's a hideout, Real Radio 104.1. Hideout. Coming up next on the hideout. And actually, I'm glad we didn't get that uh, question answered, because I hate the term wild goose chase. Yeah, that was chunks. Sorry. Now, here's the thing. Dubs had a breakdown. I got a call this morning. This is one of the most shocking things that I've ever heard. And I'll put it out there now. I think Dubs is in the wrong. So we'll talk about what happened next on Real Radio 104.1. All right, welcome back into the hideout. Real Radio 104.1 on a Monday night. 407 and Star 1041 on your singular wireless phone. Dubs. Do you want me to start from the beginning of my weekend? Yeah, I think... It kind of would make it more sense of it. I think we absolutely should tell the whole story. All right, here's the thing. Uh, uh, be ready for reality radio right here. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get the ultimate and the voyeur... Uh... No, this is this is basically my weekend, which, uh, in which was very tiring, and I only got about an hour and a half, two hours of sleep last night because of it. Um, Friday, we did our live broadcast from uh, the Monster Day Anniversary show, which was a blast. Uh, what happened out there was, uh, 
by Curious BJ. Uh, Your cousin. Yes, who? who's been uh, hanging out with us for uh, the last little while. Um, got pretty drunk out there. Uh, ended up. Well, here's the thing. We're making a documentary on Bicarious BJ as yes. well. Uh, behind the Bicarious Soft is here actually filming this now because I'm sure this will make its way into the documentary. But um, we, uh, we've we been filming this documentary. BJ came down once about mm-hmm. three weeks ago, hung out for a whole week. Got a little crazy at one point, including a trip to the ER. He did the hideout fight club with Matt Albert. Then he's decided he went back up to Michigan and really had didn't have a lot of fun there. Missed us, thought that this could solve a lot of problems for him, and he decided to come back down. You've been very kind in hooking him up with flights. Mm-hmm. You were looking forward to him coming back down. The yes, second, I was the second time because the, of- his first trip was phenomenal. We had a blast, and uh, you know the time he drank that time, I didn't mind it. You know, he was uh, having fun and everything. But uh, this week, he started on Friday drinking, uh, and he's had some problems with alcohol in the past. Uh, Is he an alcoholic? I I would say yes. Okay. Uh, but he uh, he has had problems in the past with drinking, and uh, he, he drank Friday, which I didn't have a problem with. I mean, you people are allowed to drink. I'm not going to judge him. Saturday, he drank again, uh, got fairly uh buzzed well he talk wasn't... about what happened friday night well friday night uh at, at the monster anniversary show i was looking for him to get uh so we could go at around i would say 11 30 at night uh so i walk in and i know he was roaming around backstage somewhere i finally find him when he's walking across the front barricade right in front of the stage at the hideout anniversary show i monster anniversary I, show i'm sorry monster anniversary Trust show me, we won't have no one. Uh, the Monster Anniversary Show. And uh, he was walking across there, you know, slapping hands with the, the fans and everything. I go to get him. I say, hey, come on, let's go. Was Soft filming that, by Soft the way? Soft was filming that. He was right behind him All with right. the camera. So it's at least going to be good footage. Yeah. So I get him. I take him outside. And he starts talking to people, uh, you know, getting some more footage for the documentary. Our uh, our main boss here, Chris Kampmeyer, came up to us and said, hey, great show tonight uh, to me and Chunks. And BJ starts pointing in his face and saying, Barry Almondinger, Barry Almondinger. I guess he looked like someone that is named that. And uh, oh, Chris. All right. Oh, this my. is all on tape, too. We'll be able to watch this. This will be in the uh, documentary. Yeah, Chris uh, was very uh, cool about it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And he starts walking away. He's just, he said, just keep your hand off my dinger. And... Uh, yeah, I was just making a little joke yeah, of out course, of it. Because he's a cool guy. Yeah, and BJ goes, "Yeah, tell it to your wife." <laughs> I, I, I'm like, "Do you understand? Oh. These, uh, this is our boss. This is where we work. This is, yeah." And whoa, man! Now you had called me and told me there was a run-in with Campmeyer. Mm-hmm. I did not know that was what happened. Yes. That's exactly what happened. Sweet Be- uh, Jesus. Chunks is there. He can completely vouch, and there's tape of it. Yeah, it, it was awkward, because, I mean, I've, it's rare that you see Dubs get angry, but you, there's a certain look that he gets to his face, and he basically grabbed what, BJ. Well, what I, what I was doing before when he was doing the whole Barry Almondinger thing, I was putting my hand on his shoulder trying to calm him down, saying, hey, chill out, chill out. And, but I didn't want to just outright say it. Yeah, I, I wanted to just kind of try to get through it without, you know, saying, hey, this is blah, blah, blah. Now, at that yeah. point, when something's happening like that, you go, at least to me, you 
when there's nothing you can do, because there's no way you can control BJ, you go over, you shake Camp Meyer's hand, you grab him by the back, and you're like, hey, I'm walking out. Let me walk out with it, it, you. Know, it, it happened so fast. I'm just saying. like, In retrospect, you... I would have done a lot of things differently with it, uh, but that wasn't the case. So that that's what happened that you night. You sound down. You sound tired. <laughs> I haven't slept early at all. And we'll get to that part of the story in a few minutes. But I, I take him home that night, and he starts pouring more drinks when we get home. Now, Friday night. Now, isn't there something else? You're leaving out something. Um, our buddy Wagstaff, Panama Drew. See, I wasn't there for that. All right, who was there? Oh, you weren't there for that? For no. Curious BJ and the run-in with Panama this Drew. This is before the uh, Chris Kantmeyer part. Unfortunately, it was Saf and I. Okay, you and Saf, who's doing the filmmaking. I, I was outside. I was talking to um all like the monster girlfriends and everyone were out there and a couple of the crew. I was talking to them. I was drinking a beer, and BJ comes running out. And he grabs my beer, and it's all fun and games, and he drinks it. And he's got this strange look in his eyes, like this weird, kooky look. So we make the mistake. I make the mistake of saying, hey, there's more beer backstage. Because <laughs> you were trying to get rid of him. I was trying to get rid of him. And then I realized, oh, crap, he's going to see everything going on like a retard drawn to the shiny object. He's going to want to do something. He goes backstage, and there's no beer back there. And the cooler's left over, and he's digging. He's like, "Yeah, hey, where the hell's the beer at? Where's the beer?" So I'm like, "He's acting up and yelling. Where's the beer?" So I reach down in there, I grab an empty one, and I fill it with all the ice from the cooler, you know, that's been melting. Mm-hmm. So it's all water, and I hand him the beer. He's like, "Here, dude, drink the beer." He's like, "Ah, yeah, it's great. It's good beer. Tastes a little bit like water, though. Tastes <laughs> like water. It tastes his beer. Tastes his beer." And he's yelling at saw. Now Jeff Wagstaff. He he gets crazy. Panama Jew gets crazy during these events. He puts he's all well, these together. Yeah, he's uh, he's running around do, trying to get everything done for, for the, the concert. Yeah, yeah, for the anniversary show. And not only that, he had Earth Day birthday to worry about two days later. Mm-hmm. Which it's just a busy, busy weekend room. for him. Now, Panama Jew likes to very much be in control. So he said he's got a little chair set up right near the stage where the monsters are performing, so that if some nut runs out on stage. Uh, you'll hear about a nut in a few seconds. Oh, Christ. If some nut runs out on stage, he can go and grab them. He can direct people if the equipment mm. fails because he knows how to do the music thing. Jeff makes, not really makes the mistake, but gets up out of his chair, and BJ feels the need to slide in. And sitting in this chair, Jeff goes up to him, and at this point, everything turns into slow motion for me because I know it's going to happen. Oh, Christ. Jeff goes back, he goes, Hey, you're in my chair. He goes, I don't know who the blank you are, but get the hell out. And BJ says something along the lines of, um, hey, uh, you snooze, you lose. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Oh, Christ. No, it gets better. No, no, it obviously can't. And he goes, dude, seriously, I don't know who you are, but you are about to get your blanking D cut off right now. All right, that's what Wagstaff said. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. And BJ. Do we have all this on tape? BJ just goes, oh, the douche won't let me um, sit in the chair. So he sees the camera. And I've noticed during this, the filming mm. of the documentary when BJ gets hammered, he doesn't do more of a, the documentary thing. He does the, I'm going to look into the camera and try and be funny and uh, be outrageous. So he puts his head 
directly next to, to uh, Panama Jew's head, Jeff Wagstaff, and their ears are probably touching. He's going, hey, this douchebag won't let me have, let me have his chair. He got out, and he's not letting me have his chair. Okay, and oh, it's my God. at that point oh where Jeff looks God. over at me and goes, Chunks. He goes, I don't know who the F this guy is, but there's going to be trouble. And I grab him like, hey, this is not funny. We're not making a movie right now. Seriously. There's a lot of people's jobs, and people have been working very hard. You're wrecking this, man. I'm not even. He goes, ah. He goes, leave me alone. He won't let me have his chair. All I want to do is sit in his chair. But that, no, that's not it. You want me to tell what ha- what he does after that? And sure. Dubs did see this part. All right, we got to take a break. Yeah, uh, right, we it, got we got. It gets better and it involves embarrassing us with the monsters. To hideout, Real Radio one hundred four point one. Stay tuned. To hideout. Coming up next, it's the hideout. The hideout. Do you still think I'm in the wrong? I gotta wait. We gotta get the whole story out there. I am gonna say now, I'm in shock because I didn't know all of this happened. At the anniversary show with By Curious BJ. We got embarrassed of the monster. Uh, all right, we'll tell that story next. It's the Hideout, Roll Radio 104.1. Monday night in the Hideout, Roll Radio 104.1. All right, right now you're in the middle of the ultimate in reality radio. You're hearing. And it gets, uh, it progresses quite a bit. You're hearing some very, uh, I am hearing some shocking stuff that I had not heard before. Um, have fan dubs with you. So, by Curious BJ, uh, again, you've heard a lot about him. Dubs' cousin, friend, whatever, mm-hmm. here from Michigan. Visiting a couple of times. We're making the documentary on him behind the by Curious. We've heard so far how he embarrassed and almost got uh, us fired, kicked out of the anniversary show with Panama Jew. And the big boss, Campmeyer. Yes. Chunks, you left us with a little teaser of other stories. And what's amazing is during the commercial break, people keep reminding each other of other stories mm-hmm. at the anniversary show. All right, Chunks, you start. All right. Well, where we left off is BJ had just upset Panama Drew. He wouldn't get out of his chair. At this point, he's still on stage. Um. And we finally convinced him to leave. Now, I don't know if anyone, everyone's familiar with the layout of the Hard Rock, so I'll explain it a little bit. They have the main stage, and to the left of the main stage is kind of the, the back the backstage the back area. Yeah. Now, they have two huge, humongous doors, which are uh, you know for bringing in cargo mm-hmm. and right. props and stuff like uh-huh. that. Now, there's a sign that's clearly labeled that says, Do not open doors during performances. BJ kicks open these two huge doors, flooding light into the backstage area, and everyone is looking, and BJ just walks out of there all pissed off. I don't know what spurred it. It's on the tape. But at that moment, for some reason, the doors are obviously rushed and shut by security. I grab him. And, you know, I give him the old hug. I put my arm around around his neck like we're buddies. But now I'm like, dude, seriously, you need to calm down. I don't know what happened, but for some reason, a, a debate spurred between the two of us about the Contra code um, for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. The retard's distracted a little bit, you know. Or maybe he's not going to act up. No. Of course, that doesn't get like that for us. Bean, performing very hard, you know, he's doing yeah. a good job. They get tired. They need a break. He runs out backstage um, oh, God. to get a beer, and BJ goes, hey, we'll clarify this right now. He goes, hey, what's the code for uh, for Contra? And he's like, 
being being a nice guy that he is, is like, hey, man, you know what? Don't really know it right now. He's like, hey, give me the code. He's like, just tell me the code. It's a simple question. All you got to do is tell me the code. I, I almost want you to stop because Douche chill. I have... Uh, Keep on going. <laughs> I, I, oh, I cringing. It's I, good. I can't take this. No. I can't. And Bean, Bean gets that look, a uh, mix of adrenaline. Oh, and after sweet he's been drunk, Jesus! You know when you look into Bean's eyes, he gets that crazy look. I love him. Like he was on top of a cliff and he's about ready to jump. You know, oh, he gets God. that look in his eyes and he's just glaring at BJ like, "What's this guy gonna do?" And. Oh. For some reason, I don't know, maybe a gift of God. He goes, hey, dude, I'll tell you what. You want a code to see LeBron James naked in that game I got you? It's like, BJ goes, hey, we're going to get the code. We're going to get the code. And he looks at the camera that Sof's holding. He goes, all right, what is it? He's like, up, down, triangle, left, B, A, start. He goes, up, down, triangle, left, B, A, start. <laughs> Bean runs back in. I say, thank God it's over with. Unfortunately, BJ goes, hey, let's go tell the security guards that code. Douche chill. The security guards for the Hard Rock Live. Okay, now, let me ask you. Uh, by the way, any of you guys who want to jump in during this story, feel free. Okay. 407 Offering advice. How do you not drag his ass and throw him out onto the uh, sidewalk. He couldn't. Walk. I mean, he just he'd push away, or he, you know, he'd get out of the way, or he'd run away before you can grab him. Immediately after being left, I'm going to try and get him to take him outside, which I figure is the safest place. He goes, "Hey, let's ask the security people about that code." So he runs up there, and we're talking. He goes, "Hey, what's the code for country?" He goes, "Dude, does it look like we blank and have time to play blank in video games?" And it's at that moment when the security guy's walkie-talkie goes off. You hear, there's an incident on the stage, there's an incident on the stage. Security goes running back toward the backstage area and goes, we're going to follow him, let's go follow him. He starts running oh. after the security people. Now, I'm cringing in my seat. Now, at this moment, is there footage of all of yes. this? At this moment, we're backstage again. And the security guys run in front. If you're familiar with the Hard Rock, again, there's the area where the crowd is right in front of the stage, and there's a little pathway probably about two feet wide uh, as a buffer between the crowd and the monster stage. Now, BJ follows the security guard out, who happened to run into that little pathway, the little buffer zone between the crowd and the stage. Yes, the barricade area. Yeah, the barricade area to calm them down. BJ runs after them, and I'm thinking, all right, security is going to get rid of him in a second. But no, apparently he said, hey, I'm a VIP, let me in. They said, all right, pass through. But no, BJ doesn't pass through. He decides to shake hands and kiss babies like he's running for president. He's high-fiving everyone, and they're drunk. They don't know who he is. They're high-fi- he's high-fiving them. He's standing in there, all while the monsters are performing. The attention should be on them. That's their show. But obviously they can see this retard up front. Shaking hands, getting high fives. And and obviously they knew he was drunk because uh, earlier, I guess, he was uh, backstage. And uh, while Russ was playing the drums, was pointing at him, you know, going, yeah, Russ, yeah, yelling to him. And I guess Russ is cool about it, give him the thumbs up and everything. But uh, that could have gone equally as bad. I did not know this. So then Uh, it's at that moment. All right, hold on, hold on. Yes, uh... Okay, here is Jeff Wax now. Oh, jeez. Panama Drill. 
Oh, Christ almighty. First of all, uh, allow me to say I'm sorry on behalf of uh, everyone. There is absolutely no apologies needed. Oh, dude, no, no, no. I, you have no idea how awful, how awful I feel. Here's the thing about it, too. I, uh, I, I ended up leaving before all of this went down, and I got a phone call about it, and I was like, oh, boy. But now hearing everything that went on, I am so mortified. Well, by, by what happened? Well, first, I'll have to say, let me set this up a little bit. My wife just came home. She ran an errand. On Friday, mm -hmm. I arrived at the office about 7 in the morning. I got home at 3 a.m. Worked all day Saturday, putting together, you know, helping out with um, Earth Day Birthday, which was a huge event that we're that, all very proud of. It was wow, fantastic. It went off, like, completely clean. Yeah, kudos exactly. to you. That was a very, very cool Well, no, thing. no, kudos to the entire WJRR team. Mm -hmm. Them, too. Starting with Rick Everett. Rick Pat, Everett did a great job. Josh and Brad and all those guys. I, I, I saw them running around there doing everything, and they never, like, really, you know, got their focus off of getting that show off. And they, and were, very kind, great. they were very kind to us, too, when they mm -hmm. saw and they said, thank you for coming out. And we are like, hey, thanks for having us. Hey, and they are great guys. Um, one thing that I'm most proud about working with them is they are, that radio station is truly a team. They're mm -hmm. a family, and, and I am it's very like honored radio. to have been accepted and be part of that team to do what I do. Um, so huge props to them. But my wife kind of, first of all, Chunks came in the office and asked that I would be a guest on your show tonight. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, after working, I don't know, 70, 80 hours last week, yeah. okay. I simply didn't have it in me. Mm -hmm. Now, I love you guys. Um, since the hideout, since, since what I consider the four horsemen, and that's Chunks, Bateman, J-Dubs, and El Jefe have come to town. Uh-huh. You Woo! know that, that not only, uh, speaking for myself, and I don't want to speak for my wife, but I think in this case I can. For people who don't know, my wife also works in the building. Yes. And we have taken a liking to you guys immediately. A, because you're talented, you do a great show, and B, because y'all are good people in the halls. Thank you. So we've really gone over and above to help you guys out, and I, and I hope you know what a fan of all of you and of your show that I am. Yeah, as we are of you. But where this all began was at the uh, Monster Anniversary Show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we told a little bit of the backstory, um, and we heard about the chair incident, and we're just ra and that was and I thought that was the only one, and that was enough to piss me off, and then I heard. I'm hearing more and more and more. I still now, didn't finish mine yet. Either. First of all, and I don't want to sound rude, but is this little douchebag in the studio? No, no he's not. Actually, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. There, there's a, a lot of stuff going on with that. There's a whole... I mean, I, I honestly think we got a whole other hour of this soap mm. opera that we need to reveal. Well, prior to me, the first thing I told Chunks, and, and he'll back me up on this, is I'll be more than happy to come in and talk to you guys about it. But one, I had asked that it was be cleared with Catherine Brown or Chris Campmeyer, who's in charge of programming on Real Radio, mm -hmm. because I really had nothing nice to say. And anybody who's known me for any length of time knows that I kind of get into a mode on event day. Yes. I'm kind of known as Jeff Wagstaff, get the F off my stage exactly. on event days. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. Keep everything it's in crazy. order. crazy. There's time to play, and there's time to work. And where we're doing shows, I take it serious mm -hmm. because it reflects on the show on stage, and indirectly it reflects on me. Yes. And, and I am all about this product. I love what we do on the radio station. We've got great shows. So we're in the monster mode, 
And the monsters did a great job. If, for people who, who didn't go to the show, we changed the look of the stage. We changed the set list. We changed everything. So I'm in show mode, and I, and I set up basically, I don't know how else to put it. I, don't, I hope this doesn't sound bad. But I set up kind of a director's chair right next to the soundboard. Mm-hmm. So if the guys on stage are having technical issues, if people end up on stage, if, if there are problems, whatever, I can address them right away. Yes. So I'm in show mode, and I get this dorky little red-haired fat Yankee kid <laughs> come sit in my chair. And I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, you're in my chair. No big deal. You just said he didn't know. Well, at that point, he looks at me and he goes, I don't know who you think you are, but you snooze, you lose. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, one of my personality flaws, and I will readily admit this, is I am quick to have temper. And and I will hold, as Russ has said, I will hold a grudge for eternity Mm -hmm. and then some. Mm -hmm. So... When he said this, and the show's going really good, and he was just, he was just really, and I, and I don't mean any disrespect from you, because I know you guys are all from up north, but I'm from I Texas. hate uh, <laughs> Yankees. I'm from Texas, that's why you love me. Me too. But I don't care about the whole, if you're from New York or New York or Jersey, I don't mean I don't like people from the north. I don't like people who have With that. The Yankee mentality. That mentality, that attitude, that aggressive, that abrasiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got from this kid. Yeah. And I hey, looked Jeff, at him. Jeff, is there any way you can hold on? Because Catherine will have my head if we don't uh, go to break. Absolutely. Thank our sponsors. All right. Uh, take a break. Come back. Uh, it's a Hideout, Real Radio 104.1. Hideout. Coming up next on the Hideout. The hideout. Oh, Christ almighty. I have to sit through the story a second time. Mm-hmm. And from the person that it directly affected it, I'm just going to... Oh, I'm, we're both just, we can't even look at each other right now. It's, it's like, I, oh, come back more with Wagstaff on what happened. And that's not even the beginning. I mean, it's the beginning, but it's certainly not the end. Not at all. More next in the hideout on Rover Radio 104.1. All right, we're back in the hideout on Rover Radio 104.1 in the middle of the recap of just Friday night at the Monster Anniversary Show. And by Curious BJ, dubs his cousin slash friend, whatever he is. Was causing insane trouble. Um, the main person that he screwed with the most, unfortunately, was our friend Panama Drew. Uh, Jeff Wagstaff was back in here to discuss things. You there? I'm here. All right. So, uh, hey, before we get back started, I just wanted to say uh-huh. it is an honor and a privilege. To be somebody with the hideout. Oh, listen, to that. this guy's great. Uh, <laughs> At least he's not holding a grudge with us right I, now. And yeah, and that I am very thankful for. In fact, I'll say this: very easily could. We were thinking about that too. I mean, I wanted to have these guys uh, on the air together. Now, why BJ isn't here tonight is we'll be told a little bit later on uh, when we reveal all this. But in order for that to happen, like Jeff had alluded to earlier, he wanted the blessing of programming to be able to come in on the show. Um, because he knew things could maybe get heated. Mm-hmm. And what did Catherine Brown say to you, Chunks? Catherine calls me in her office. She goes, all right, now, I'm not choking around. She was just serious. This isn't a bit, or this is going to be something that's staged. Mm-hmm. She says, what you guys don't know is Jeff has a horrible, horrible temper. She said, something will set him off. I need one of you, Tommy, or even Matt, because he's bigger, to stop Jeff 
from jumping on BJ. And I said, well, you know, BJ is an all-state all wrestler. She says, that does not matter. She's like, I have seen him. Oh, God. He gets angry. He gets angry. She goes, you know what? She says, I don't necessarily care about BJ as much as I do the equipment, but Jeff will not care. If he gets angry, he's angry. This is not a bit. Not, and she had her serious, like, right, you guys yeah. have really blanked up now. Yeah. And she said this is not Put her glasses down. She says, if I find out that this happens and there was no one in there, she's like, it will not be pretty. And I was like, oh, I guess these are the stipulations that we have to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But, and I asked Chink, Chunks the same thing because if I got in there and this kid was as arrogant on the air, especially when people get on the mic and they get a little brave yeah. and get a little machismo going, I told Chunks, I said, look, I'll, I'll gladly come in and talk to you guys. Right. But you have to have someone to protect this guy, and quite frankly... I've worked too hard and too long for this company mm-hmm. to, some, to let some little punk-ass bitch <laughs> cost me my career. <laughs> no, I my agree. temper will get the best of me. Completely agreed. So th- that was a concern. All right, so let's wrap things up because we're going to have to move on. But any other th- comments and thoughts from yeah, you, Wagstaff, on else, Friday? Any glaring uh, other thing well, that happened? The thing on Friday is, you know, then the guy wanted to be my buddy. Mm-hmm. which is probably the most annoying thing ever, mm-hmm. is after you're offensive to somebody that you do that. But then fast forward to Sunday. Yeah. You guys are all hanging out. We're, we're, you know, we're having a great time. And um, this guy comes up to me at the VIP area. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, and, and i got to admit, I don't know who this other guy is, but I'm back in the VIP area, and Rob Zombie's guitar player and a buddy of mine from Hard Rock approached me, and they said, hey, man, Zombie wants to meet you. I'm going, why? Zombie don't know who I am. Why would he want to meet me? It just so happened that I was standing next to this incredibly gorgeous woman that was body painted from head to toe mm-hmm. as a devil. And across her chest, it said Rob Zombie. Yeah. So they said, well, the truth is, he doesn't want to really meet you. He really wants to meet the chick, so come with us. So Rob put this girl on stage. They got some cool pictures. As a matter of fact, I'll give them to you guys. You can post them on the hideout so people can nice. see them. Because I'm really proud of it. She was hot. Yeah, she was. But, I saw her. But while I'm trying to get my picture taken with her, some other knucklehead from the hideout comes over and kind of moves me away. I look at him, I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? So I'm feeling like, okay, I'm getting no love from the hideout. I love you four, but I don't know who all these other guys are. So, so then, you know, by curious guy, whatever his name is, which doesn't matter, and I don't know what's worse, that I don't know or that no one cares what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he comes over and says, hey, man, I want to get a picture taken with you. Oh, Jesus. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, I was a real ass the other night. And I said, I agree. I said, and most importantly, what life lesson did you learn? And he just looked at me with this stupid red-haired stare. And I said, the life lesson is you treat everybody with respect. Wow. You never know that who life, you're being an asshole to. That life lesson is going to uh, come full circle by the end of the story. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of life lessons going on a little bit later on in the story. Well, I just wanted to call in because you guys had asked me to. Frankly, I forgot. I came home. It's been a long weekend. The medication understandable. In, so I want to just kick back and relax tonight. But I wanted to show you respect, give you a call, and let you know I support your show. I love you guys. And... um 
I wish you the best. And now I have to turn on the radio to find out what happened to the rest of the story. All right. There he yeah. is, Jeff Waxaf. Again, our apologies, and thank you very much for coming. Hey, hey, and congratulations on uh, the Two jobs. Well done. fantastic weekend with Thursday Birthday and the Monster Anniversary Show. Thank you very much. It was great to have you guys both there. Um, that's my time. I'm out of here. All right. See ya. I still didn't even get to finish the part where he was running. Yeah, I've had enough of the uh, the Monster Anniversary Show I have. stories. Well, just real fast, to finish that one. Well, first, he runs out uh, on, onto the front part of the stage, the barricade area. He's getting high-fived, and he's getting his hand, you know, shaked and all that, like he's some star. And then Doves goes there and goes, dude, go after him. Now, I would have easily have done that if it were anyone else, but I think to myself in the last second, all right, the monsters might not know who this nut is running out there, but if they see me chasing after him, they will realize that he is affiliated with us and, you know, we're taking the attention off of them. But I do it because the barricade is getting nuts. People are trying to jump over to rip off his VIP pass, which I had mine ripped off. So some nut could have easily gotten back there and done something crazy. He gets to the other side. He goes, what the hell did I do? I didn't do nothing. And Doves goes, we're leaving now. And I've never seen Doves with an angrier look than I saw him. I mean, he's yelling at me every now and then. Sometimes he gets upset very, very rarely. The look that he had in his face, I almost went on myself. I mean, I was that scared because I've never seen that look on Doves. Cool dad got angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens. It happened all How weekend long. How did you get long. him out of there? I finally talked him into just going. He wanted to stay longer and get more footage. And I said, no, we got to go. we got to go right now. Beginning to think the documentary is a mistake. Yeah, And then that's when we ran into Camp Meyer. Uh, at the same time, I'm also thinking it was brilliant. This all... Not to say that you could foresee this, but... Yeah, you could. You know, I mean, in a sense, you've, you definitely... Tommy's been apprehensive about this the whole time. Yeah. Why? Because I knew this was coming. <laughs> of course we knew it was coming. You're not some sort of a genius. We all knew it was coming. Was. Otherwise, we wouldn't put a camera on him. I, I we know he's not boring. I mean, we could say that for certain. He's but, not a boring kid. But the whole thing is with the uh, Here's who potential he bridge burning. Here he, he's Danny Bonaducci. Like That's fatter. Yeah, fatter. Somehow less talented, which I don't even know how that is possible. You yeah. know, and it must be a red-haired, freckled thing. What do you think Conan's gingers? Angry? I'd like reactions just off of that. I want to hear what happens next, because you guys will not tell me what happened. I'm hearing stories about what's going on, and he said this, and she said that. Dubs just has his head in his hand staring at the board. You got a headache? No, I'm just really tired and really just spent on this whole situation, and I'm ready to get it off my chest. Do that next. It's the Hideout Roll Radio 104.1. Stay tuned to the Hideout. The Hideout. The Hideout. All right, it gets better or worse, however you want to look at it. More cringe. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041. Hideout High School. Real Radio 104.1. All right, it's Monday night in the Hideout Roll Radio 104.1. 
1041 star one zero four one on your singular wireless phone. It's the Bicurious BJ Saga. We got through Friday and all the stories of Friday. That only took 45 minutes. Yeah. Friday was very crazy. Saturday uh, wasn't as crazy uh, action-wise, but there was the almost the equivalent amount of drinking. And uh, that's when I really started noticing for sure that there was a serious problem going on with his drinking. Uh, he was sneaking alcohol, uh, yelling about how he has the gene and he can't stop. Um, and I, I got him to stop that night and go to bed. Last night was the night that was, or yesterday all, overall, was the day that was the worst. Um, we went to the Earth Day birthday. Uh, he waited a while to start drinking, and it wasn't that bad because he doesn't have a lot of money and he didn't couldn't really afford to drink a whole lot. And he had a few uh, out there in VIP and everything. But when we got uh, into the VIP VIP area where it was very nice of Real Rock to let us up there and uh, watch the show kind of secluded, um, there was some free beer up there. And I guess from what he told me last night, he was also going around the VIP tent grabbing half beers and downing half beers. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that? Mm. Okay. So I would, uh, he he estimated that he had 11 beers out there during... uh, four-hour period, which isn't terribly bad. I mean, it, How many? Eleven. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it'll get you drunk and everything, but, you know, if he just had 11 beers and went home and went to bed, that'd be one thing. I don't even know about that, uh, but okay. That's that's a beer every 20 minutes. That's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then we got home, and he starts pouring himself a nice stiff drink out of my bar. I said, no, don't drink it. Well, you know, just don't do it. And uh, he's like, well, I can't have a drink, I can't have a drink. I'm like, fine, you can have a drink, I'm going to bed. And he's like, no, okay, I won't I won't drink. Yeah, just stay up and play video games with me and all that stuff. So uh, we're sitting there playing video games. I go uh, to uh, get a water for my girlfriend who is already in bed. And uh, when I come back out, he has a drink in front of him, down in that. And uh, so uh, there's one... Very, very stiff drink, probably a three-shot drink down. Again, I have to uh, go take my dog out and walk it around, let it go to the bathroom and everything. I come back in. His mouth is firmly pressed around a Jaeger bottle, which I only had about a shot or two out of it. There's only about a shot or two left in it from him guzzling it. And what kind of a time period are we talking? That's one... Big gulp. Whoa! Him, of Jaeger? Him tipping it back, trying to get as much in while I was gone, so I wouldn't see him. That's when I started, I, I, I said, we, and I've been, I've, I was saying this all day long because it was three days in a row of drunken debauchery, uh, you have to find your way home. You have to find it soon, because this isn't the right environment for you. You are drinking way too much. You've uh, had problem with alcoholism before. You've gone to AA and you quit. Um, and right now you are in the wrong place at the wrong time. You are not going. You're gonna relapse heavy and hard. Here's what's funny too, just not specifically on that subject, but just about alcohol in general. Mm-hmm. How alcohol is legal, but something like marijuana isn't. Yeah, it's an odd thing. 
It's just kind of like... It seems like it's more damaging than weed. But maybe, then again, maybe it's not. A, but then it's also about moderation as mm-hmm. well. But anyone who says, you know, cocaine is addicting or heroin or, you know, when he's, alcohol, you know, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But all right. So so anyway. So he was drinking a lot of Jaeger, and I was trying to get him calmed down again, and he starts crying that I'm telling him he has to go home. And I deal with him crying for about three hours. Trying to talk him, tell him the reasons why he has to go home because he is, you know, out of control out here. There, he has no self-control at all, and uh, he has to go home and get some help. Does your girlfriend hate you now? No, uh, she was, uh, and I'll get to that in a second because this was still going on when she was getting ready for work. Does she hate Hefe for making BJ come back down. Yes, I that's make part nothing. Of it. Don't even. Like, <laughs> we're not in the middle of bitten right now. I want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, but, uh, so I start telling them, you know, and he's crying and everything. I, I told him, you have to go get help. You have to go home. I'll be there for you for whatever you need. And he seemed pretty happy with that. So I said, lay down, go to bed. This is about six o'clock in the morning. He lays down. I lay down to go to bed. I'm in my bed. He's in the bedroom. I'm not in the bedroom. He's in the living room. I hear rustling of bottles again. So I get up. I say, what are you doing? He's like, what? He's like, here, I'll I'll pour it out. And uh, so he pours that drink out. Literally five minutes later, he's up at the bar again making a drink, chugging it. And I said, that's it. You're going home tomorrow. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Go to bed. I'll book you your trip. You're going home tomorrow. And he starts flipping out, you know, yelling that, uh, that you know, I, I'm i not there for him and, you know, all these different things, being very defensive about it. Um, <clears throat> so I start booking his trip back home, trying to get him one home for this morning. Uh, I had a little difficulty finding one on a three-hour notice, obviously. So... Uh, I turn around. He was sitting on the couch. He's not on the couch anymore. I took all my bottles of liquor because he kept on going up to the bar. I stuck him in my bedroom closet. I go in the bedroom. He's got his mitts on the uh, on the on the Jaeger bottle again, which wasn't very much left. But he uh, he starts yelling at me that he wasn't drinking it. He was just holding it. Oh my God. At that point, right, hold on, hold on. Um, so he is—is is your chick still asleep? No, she's up getting ready right now. She's he, trying to talk him into going to bed too. So he sneaks into your bedroom closet mm-hmm. where all the bottles were. It starts drinking and you, in you, the closet. You see how many bottles of liquor I have over there? I have quite a bit, you know. There's not much left now. Most of that liquor's gone from last night. At this point, I told him, you got to quit. you got to uh, go to bed. I'm sending you home tomorrow, and you're not welcome out again until you get help because there's no way that this is healthy for you. And every time you come out here now, you're going to get into some kind of cycle, and I can't be around you for it. Uh, he starts throwing a fit about it, and... Uh, you know, uh, starts calling people, saying, uh, you know, just 
completely, you know, saying that he's not drunk and everything, blah, 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 and starts talking trash about me and everything. I'm like, dude, you you got to take responsibility for yourself. And then he gets more defensive, more defensive. So I ended up kicking him out at 7.30 in the morning. Told him to pack his bags. You can walk home. Call someone who cares because I don't. Wow. At this point, he's uh, bawling, you know, crying uncontrollably. But he starts walking. And uh, I told him I'm going to give his mom a call, tell him what's going on, and maybe she can help him out because I can't. And I'm not going to, you know, front the money for a flight or anything anymore. It's all up to you. You have to stand on your own two feet. You have to hit rock bottom before you can go back up. Um, he uh, threatens to start breaking all my windows and everything if I call his mom. I'm able to uh, sneak his mom's phone number out of his phone before he leaves. I kick him out. He starts walking. I call his mom. I talk to her. Uh, she was not aware of... Uh, the problem coming back because she knew about the original problem. And I'm sure that's why he didn't want me telling her uh, because he didn't want her thinking that he had a problem. But, uh, and about two hours later, he keeps on calling me trying to come back. I tell him no. About two hours later, I figure, okay, I'm going to give him a call, get him back over here, get him in bed. And then, Tomorrow, I'll or today, I'll get him back home. He doesn't answer or anything. I leave him a voicemail. Uh, about 11:30 in the morning, he comes stumbling back in, still drunk, into my house, feet all muddy, and tells me that he's been sleeping behind a uh, 7-Eleven dumpster. I think that would qualify as rock bottom. Yeah. All right, we gotta take a break. And I have uh, Amanda Loves Chuck stories coming up in a minute here. His girlfriend. All right, Giant Brian says all this talk about liquor is making him thirsty. <laughs> it's a hideout, Road Radio 104.1. It's a hideout, Road Radio 104.1. I mean, I apologize for being so lackluster in the energy department. It's just been a real, real long day. Step your game up, bitch. <laughs> I'll try. Slacker. Hope you, hope you don't throw us out the way you threw your family out. I'm mm-hmm. kidding. Don't push me, man. You kind of motivated me to doing some throwing out. Well, we'll see if it works. Now, the reason I can't... Uh, well, <laughs> He doesn't even look at me. He <laughs> just looks down like, oh, God, I hope this isn't on me. Matt, speaking uh, of. And uh, I, w- I felt so guilty about my... A, sorry. You better get a job, bitch. Now, we're back to you, Dubs. I heard that. I I felt so guilty about the decision to throw him out. Which you should, because you're awful. And uh, I I just figured that was the only thing to do, because I tried the nice approach. I tried everything. Uh, The whole night was... uh, It it was education in just cycles and the the psyche of a drunk person, you know, and what they go through through one full night of a complete binge. Um, And by the end of it, the only thing I knew what to do was to be mean, to be forceful, and to get him out and uh, to kind of show him that people aren't going to baby you when you're going through this. I felt so bad about it. I didn't know if I did the right thing or if I, you know, 
did something that would send him even further off the edge, I started calling all these hotlines and everything, just trying to, you know. Well, you called me this morning. Yeah, I, I, I needed some advice from someone, some kind, something to bounce it off of. Yeah, you know? I'm not gonna lie. When you called, first of all, I just woken up. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I'm not worried. You didn't wake me up actually. I was pooping. Nice. And something important. I was. I'm gonna start drinking now. <laughs> I was very, uh, in shock when you called me, mm-hmm. and I could also hear the sound of desperation in your voice, and I felt really bad because I didn't know what to do or say. Uh. I really wasn't looking for anybody to tell me what to do. I was just looking for someone to talk to. Right. And, yeah, I didn't know. I I, I was almost at a loss. I immediately did not agree with you kicking BJ out. Mm -hmm. Now, but, again, it's tough for me to judge because at that point I didn't know everything that had gone on. Yeah, and this was a whole weekend leading up to this. And you definitely know him better than me. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I've talked to a lot of people today, um, a lot of experts, a lot of people who've gone through it, and uh, I, I guess I did the right thing. Now, right now, BJ is still passed out at my apartment. At this minute, he is still asleep from the binge last night. How do you know that, your chick? Yeah, she just called me, and I asked. I don't, I don't know. It's it's weird to me, and I know you don't have the responsibility that a parent has. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have kicked them out. I just, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that be, knowing that, first of all, he's drunk out of his mind. Mm-hmm. There's no telling... A, what he would end up doing. Mm-hmm. B, what could end up happening to him. And not sitting. I mean, you don't live in a bad neighborhood. Not to say that he would get mugged or anything like that, because I think he could defend himself. But then that's the problem. If he does end up starting a fight unsupervised, mm-hmm. or if he ends up passing out while trying to cross the street. Well, he uh, when he did call me, he was like, you know, when he first when I first kicked him out, he was crying, saying he was too drunk to walk anywhere. He almost got hit by a car. And uh, he never should have left. And I said, well, I kicked you out. There's, You had no choice but to leave. And yeah. you can't come back. I'm so, it, was I'm, one, it was one of the most difficult things I've I'm had to sure, do. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm so torn on the tough love thing. On one hand, I completely understand it. On another hand, I think there's a time and a place for it. And when he... I felt at that time, personally, I was out of options. I really did. I I tried everything, and every time I turned my back, he had another bottle in his hand. I mean, when you chug that much liquor, it felt like, to me, it's alcohol poisoning time. Why didn't you pour it all out and just throw it out? I would have. I mean, literally, right after he did that, I thought if I got it away from out of eyesight, you know, put it in the closet... He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't go for it. Are you open to taking phone calls? Yeah. And seeing what people think about it? Of course. 407-916-1041, star-1041 on your singular wireless phones. Now, for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to say some very nice things about Amanda Loves Chuck, uh, BJ's girlfriend. She's pretty. 
No, I'm not going that far. But what I will say is that I understand her attitude with him now, and because I guess she went through all of this one time before, where she had to kind of kick him out, take him to AA, and all this kind of stuff, and he didn't drink for like six months. But you know, and uh, I guess he got comfortable again and felt like he could control it. Um. But uh, she, I, I talked to her a lot today because I was trying to coordinate a way home for him. And it, I just have more of an understanding of what she went through. And while she might not be the prettiest girl in the world, she or def- skinniest, either or. Or have the smallest head. But uh, I do understand her attitude a little bit more when I was saying she sounded like such a bitch on the phone and she had such a bad attitude. Um, I don't really agree with that anymore. I guess I didn't really know the whole story at that point. All right, let's talk to Lady Bird in Orlando first up in the hideout. What's up? Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, there is a point to um, not kicking someone out when they're mm-hmm. that trashed because my husband did commit suicide. Actually, in my garage when I had tried to kick him out. Wow. And that, that's something I was worried about. I was worried about, you know, like uh, him getting desperate at that moment. I mean, he was already saying, I hope my, uh, I hope I die on the way home. I hope I do, the, you know. And he was already, you know, throwing those kinds of things out at me. Mm-hmm. And, you that's know, just trying to make you feel guilty. I know. And I, I, I told him, I don't care. I, those were, I, I think those words came out of my mouth more than anything. But I don't, I don't, I mean, part of it may be a guilt thing too, but part of it may actually be what he's thinking. And what he's feeling. I'm sure he, I, I mean, I'm sure he was telling me it out of guilt, but he might have been feeling that at the same time, you know? Well, I am sorry, Lady Bird. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah, you just don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, sweetie. They're in a rational state of mind at that point. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, boy. See, that would be reason number one why I wouldn't kick him out. I, 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 I although... He, much like you, um, at least I like to think. I don't know anything about you anymore, but <laughs> what I do like, you mean? <laughs> I like to. I can't speak for you. Uh, I like to think I can control any situation, mm-hmm. and that at some point I could and I no squash and, it, dude. I, that's how I felt the whole time until yeah. I found out that I couldn't. That's why I said much like you. Mm-hmm. Then, so I don't know. Uh, Ray in Orlando, you're in the hideout on Rover Radio. What's up, Ray? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, buddy. I uh, just wanted to say that a couple of years ago, uh, my best friend went through the whole addiction thing with alcohol, and mm-hmm. his was even worse. He went through alcohol, drugs, the whole thing. And um, Dubs is right. It is probably the most powerless situation you can be in because you're sort of just watching this person deteriorate, and there's nothing you can do. But in Dubs's case, there really wasn't anything he could do because ultimately what's going on, it's all upstairs in that person's mind. Mm-hmm. The, the alcohol and the drug is just a way to hide much bigger issues that only they can solve. Mm-hmm. And so on the one hand, you can look at it and say, well, Dubs did the right thing. But then, you know, of course, you're going to carry that guilt around that, oh, you know, it's just like the last lady, unfortunately, you know, the situation, oh, I let the person out, I, I, I did what I thought was right, and something horrible. And honestly, I, I went through those scenarios in my head. And I kind of came to grips with, you know, that if anything like that did happen, 
I was not going to take responsibility for it. Right. Well, you go through that situation, too, where, you know, you, you have to just tell the person, look, you know, you've got to, you like you said before, you've got to hit bottom, you've got to do this, you know, and you have to let the person know, this mm-hmm. is the line I'm drawing, and there's nothing I can do. You have to do this. And it's really, like I said, the person just, just realizing they've got a bigger issue than just the, the alcohol or the drugs or whatever and getting that solved. Thank so, you. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate it, man. All right, buddy. All right. What do you think his issue is? I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not even going to try to attempt to figure that out. You know the kid better than anybody else. I thought I did. Where's his dad? Uh, he drives a truck. He was supposed to be coming to get him, right? Uh, yeah, that, that was what the plan was. But now the plan is, and uh, the ticket's been booked for tomorrow morning. So he's leaving? Mm-hmm. We got the anti, anti-babe girls coming in. You can't move it to Wednesday? No. Why is he not in on the show tonight, other than uh, the fact that he's still passed out? Actually, he just logged on to uh, Messenger, so he's up now. But uh, I, I tried to tell him, hey, come on in to work with me, and he really didn't want to. And he just gave me a smiley face with sunglasses. Do you want to talk to him next? If you want to. It's up to him. It's up to you. I'd love to. I think it's... I think it's completely in your court. Are you okay with it? I'm fine with it. I wonder if he has any idea. I'm not sure. He can't if he just sent me a happy face with a smiley and sunglasses. Maybe. I don't know. He might be listening online. Let's take a break and come back and talk with the Bicurious. Why? Uh, I don't think it's a good idea now. Why? I just got some uh, messages. What? Uh, I'm not going to get into them on the air. It's the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. All right, welcome back into the Hideout Row Radio 104.1. I don't know if you can combine breaks or what you're going to do, but we're going to have to go with this. Well, we're going to be late then. We've been talking about him for about an hour plus. Joining us on the phone from, I guess, Dubs' apartment. Bike here is BJ. BJ. What's up? How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Are you? Uh, I guess we're good as I can be. Have you, uh, what when did you... What uh, talk about? Did you, did you just wake up? I, I've been up. I just, just got up, though. Mm-hmm. Have you been listening at all? No. Okay. Uh, we've spent the last hour plus... Going over the whole weekend, we had uh, Jeff Wagstaff on the phone. Uh, the uh, the guy from the monster show that the, the chair. chair. Okay. Um, but the last I don't know forty five minutes has been about what happened last night. Do you okay. do you remember what happened last night? Uh-huh. Part yeah. What's that? Parts of it? 
What's that? Where are you right now? I'm about to walk outside. All right, walk, walk outside, outside so we can get a better uh, signal. Signal. Okay. Do you uh, do you remember what do you remember about last night? Um. Well, I went to the concert. Mm-hmm. Had a great time, right? Yeah, it was a good time. And then came back over to Dubs' apartment, and I guess I decided I needed to keep drinking. So I just kept drinking. And Do you remember to what extent? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what I, you know, in the moment I didn't realize how bad it was, but now I do. So, yeah, I was pretty, I drank quite a bit, obviously. Why, BJ? <laughs> I don't, I have no clue. Like I said, my problem, I've said it from the beginning, it's, my problem isn't picking and choosing when I drink, because if I don't want to, I don't. It's not a big deal. But it's like once I do, it's like I can't stop. Once I get going, then I keep going. I mean, that's what happened last night. You got yeah, a few out. Of, you had a, you had a, how many? You told me you had ten out at the uh, Earth Day birthday. Yeah, I'm not sure how many I had out there. You, you last night you estimated estimated me at ten or eleven. Um, and then you came home and uh, I tried to get you to stop drinking. Correct? Yeah, you did. And uh, there was no stopping. Yeah, at that point. There is a few sneaking of uh, drinks. Do you remember being in the closet drinking Jaeger after it had been hidden? Uh, yeah, well, what it was was, like, I don't know how I, how I could explain this. It's like, it's not, he was, you know, he told me to stop drinking, so I knew if he saw me drinking, he'd be mad. Mm -hmm. and so what I, I would do, I was taking the bottle of Jaeger off his liquor cabinet and just drinking straight out of it. Yeah, and you know how much of it you drank? No. There was only two shots going out of that bottle, and now there's probably two or three shots left in it. What? You, I caught you one time just chugging it. <laughs> well, then he hit it. He only wanted me to really stop, so he hit it. And then I guess I found, I went and found it and drank some more out of it. BJ, let me ask you, what do you think Dubs is feeling right now? What do I think he's feeling? I mean, he's probably pissed. No. Do you think he's sad? I'm sure he is. I mean, he can't be feeling good. You know how hard it was for me to kick you out this morning? I can imagine, yeah. Um, no, can you really imagine Dubs' best friend of 20-plus years, Dubs has lost all control of the I situation. Could, I couldn't stop you from drinking for the life of me. All and he, the only thing I could do was kick you out at that point. Do you, do you almost realize not only what you did to yourself, but what you did to Dubs? Yeah, I know completely what I did. I mean, I put myself in his situation, and I, you know, I it would have been I would have been hard for me to do that too. I mean, I I understand completely. 
What are you going to do, BJ? Um. Other than go home tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm going home tomorrow morning. Other than that, what are you going to do when you get home? Well, I mean, uh, I guess I don't really have a plan of action yet. Why not? I you don't think I don't really I, I don't know I just don't I'm I don't know you don't think you should seek out help oh well yeah sure yeah but I mean I just I don't I have no clue I'll figure it out what do you uh all right do you think you have a problem oh yeah I even told you guys I told you guys I told everybody that I am an alcoholic. Why do you choose not to fix it? Well, I did for the long. I did for the longest time. I'd be willing to say in the last six months, I've drank maybe, maybe five times, and three of them were out here. Four of them were out here. But, and that was another thing why I said you had to go home because this isn't the right. Uh, atmosphere for you obviously you are doing more drinking out here than you did back home but you realize that probably you're gonna have to swear off drinking altogether i mean it, it, it's I all up to you i mean I I, did, you know it's like well what it is is the way, i guess the way my mindset was is because like i said i can pick and choose when i want to and so like for the longest time i just didn't do it i just won't do it because i know what happens well then after you know a long time, I was like, well, you know, if I want to go out to a bar and just have a, you know, I just told myself, oh, if I want to go out to a bar and have a drink or two, you know, what's the big deal? So I go out, and so I did. I went out, and this is before I came here, you know, I went out and I drank, but not a lot, which, which is surprising because, like I said, once I get going, it's hard for me to stop. But I went out, had a few, and that was it. And so then I told myself, oh, well, see, if you want to drink socially, you can. Well, obviously, I've proven myself I can't. So... I'm going to have to why do you, re-figure that all out and just wear it all off together. Why do you drink? No, I just have a good time. I just like, you know, everyone, I just go out if we're hanging out and just, you, you know, just you, have a good time. Uh, you uh, told me that when uh, you're being videotaped and everything, you uh, find yourself to be more entertaining, more fun, more outgoing when you drink. Oh, I was definitely, I was definitely, I wanted to drink for the documentary because I'm more apt to do, you know, something, yeah, I mean, I'm more apt to do something entertaining. You've been doing entertaining stuff your whole life without drinking. Why do you think you're only entertaining when you're drunk? I'm only entertaining, but I'm like more apt to do, you know, get something that, you know, hey, I I was just, wasn't thinking straight. I was looking at it a little messed up. Do you have any idea how where Dubs is at with you right now? <laughs> Do I, I, yeah, I would. I yeah, absolutely. I, I <laughs> Dubs in a since he's in a sober state. Do you want to tell him exactly how you feel? Well, here, no, here's here's what's going on with me right now. Uh, after last, well, you're night, gonna get you're gonna get me all emotional, man. After last night, uh, what happened, and uh, I will not contact you, and I will not return any of your calls until you get help. 
not any period. Okay. And that's where I'm at right now. BJ? Yeah, I'm here. What do you think? I understand completely. Is that enough to have you get help, or is it, does the 20... Yes. I mean, is it really the 20-plus years you and Johnson have put in together? Is it really what? I'm sorry? Are those 20-plus years you and Johnson have put in together, and the fact that he's willing to sever all ties until you get yourself better, is that enough to, when you get home to Michigan, to do something? Because he's serious. In fact... I know. This may be news to certain certain people listening, but you, you will probably be staying with me tonight. Okay. And I'll take you to the airport. Unless Sof, our documentary filmmaker, would like to take you in, which I, by the way, think would be fantastic for the film. Not just selfishly, but I think he should spend your last night with you and take you to the airport. But uh, you will not be staying the night with Dubs. Because I've never seen this man like this before. Girly, I would say. I guess I'm half of them. Mm. What's that? Nothing. <sighs> BJ? Yeah. You crying? What's that? Are you crying? No. <laughs> A little bit. What, what's going through your head, buddy? I mean, what, what can I say? Well, just say what you're thinking. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really upset. You know, I got a lot going on. Yes, you do. There aren't two little words. That probably come to I, mind. I don't want those. Well, he know he knows how I feel. You sure you guys haven't slept together? I'm positive. Yeah, but last night you you would have thought so. With the uh, range of emotions that went through last night. <sighs> BJ, you have to know we love you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't uh, disagree with that. I, I, I believe that. And you know, Johnson cares about you. Oh, I, I, I do. But it now, it literally is to the point where he can't even deal with it. Uh, there's nothing that I would be able to do that would help. And you don't. The last thing you ever want to do is watch someone destroy themselves, especially someone you care about. BJ, you got to get help, buddy. Okay. All right, my friend. 5,000, man. 5,000. Wow. I think you guys have at least touched it. No. He's rested it on my shoulder before, but that's about it.
I'm telling you. Like football, a couple of helmets hitting each other. <laughs> if you are just now tuning in, all of this stuff is on the podcasting. I say put it under wadcasting, but what do I know? <laughs> Dubs? Yeah. We'll take them off your hands tonight, my friend. Okay. Soft's going to take them in and finish this documentary. We were hoping for an uplifting documentary, but in the end, you learned a lesson. Take a break and come back. I got to tell you this, though. This has been riveting, fantastic radio for about an hour and a half. I feel more drained than even this morning. Is that a gay thing? Yeah, I've been massaging the the, uh, bacon strip area this whole time. It's a hideout. Real radio. 104.1. 104.1. Jay in Orlando, you're in the hideout on Road Radio 104.1. What's up, Jay? Hey, how you guys doing? All right, buddy. Um, just a little quick thing that happened to me with that situation. I was in BJ's shoes before, mm-hmm. and I got really, really drunk one night, and my friends literally knocked me out, waited until I sobered up, and then kicked me out. Uh, what? Did you ever get better? Yeah. Yeah, and I just have a couple of beers now and then, but that's about it. You were able to control it? Yeah, that was the biggest wake-up call I ever found in my life. So it actually worked for you, huh? Yeah. Okay. But the reason why they knocked me out when they told me later was that I wouldn't go out and do something stupid. Right. And then they kicked me out after yeah. I was sober. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's something I was afraid of. All right, so Sof is going to pick up BJ from your place. Okay. You want him to go pick him up now? If you want to, I mean, are we are we done with this stuff for him to videotape? I think we are. Okay. I think we've given it enough time. Okay. Just real quickly, Sof, your thoughts on all of this as the cause, being the filmmaker who has followed BJ around with the camera. If you watch the second trailer, there's some titles at the beginning, and they were kind of embellished, and I just heard stories about them. I've now lived through those stories. And everything you've heard and seen is true. Yeah. And uh, do you? Let me ask you this about the documentary. Do you think it's going to win an award? Because I do. I think here's here's all right. Just real fast, pulling back the curtains and mm-hmm. being completely selfish. I wish that we had had a camera on this kid twenty four seven. Because if we had, if we had been to the emergency room. When he was here the first time, mm-hmm. if we'd seen all of this this morning, mm-hmm. this is an award-winning film. No. I, I think it's still going to do pretty good. But Now, Saf, when you uh, took on this duty of doing this documentary, what were you expecting? Were you expecting something like this? I expected to come in, film in the studio. I'd leave. That's about it. I'd get to meet y'all guys, hang out in the studio. That's about it. Uh, I actually became part of his life while he was down here. You know, uh, Like this morning, he called me, 745, Dubs. Dubs kicked me out. So I drive out to Maitland because he's walking around the highway, he says. Drive out there, he's nowhere to be seen. And then he wakes up behind a dumpster, 7-Eleven, by an alligator, he says. Because it was right next to the ditch. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty big uh, wake-up call when he's next to, on the freeway and wildlife and 7-Eleven. Right. Pretty dangerous stuff. I mean, but, those workers. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the wildlife. 
But yeah, not today. They're marching. Mm. Well, hopefully, when people watch this, it'll be a wake-up call for some people. It might help some people. And uh, when he watches this, it might open up his eyes too a little bit. There's I a think, lot of the stuff he won't remember. I think absolutely. How long do you think the film will be? After all this footage that we've got just this weekend, um, I mean, the, the first footage. Do we have a feature get, length? Like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, that's feature length. I, we could do an hour. I, I um, wanted to be like I said. I might go back and watch it. I can't just like say, "Hey, yeah, we do." But I, I, I think we do. We yeah. might have to do a couple more interviews here and there. But right. that's fine. I think, uh, yeah, we have feature length. Uh, Dennis in Orlando, real fast. You're in the hideout. Go ahead, Dennis. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Is it Dennis? It is. Go ahead. Hey, um, this, this, how old is this kid that you're trying to get rid of here? Twenty-five. Yeah, the problem is he went out there on this weekend trying to have fun. He went to the monsters event. He went out there. Yeah, hey, let's go party. Let's go have a good time. Unless he was thinking that he was with your show. He went out to Earth Day birthday saying, hey, it's party time. I'm a kid. Let's go have fun. You know, and, and the only way you're going to stop this kid from getting drunk is to feed him food. You don't, and then you're going to send him back to his home and get rid of him? That's crazy. He's no. already had issues with alcoholism before. Hold on a second. Dennis, have well, you been... I mean, hold on, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis, hold on. Alcoholism. They're kids. Dennis, have you been drinking? Yes, sir. How old are you? I'm 39. Is this BJ and calling from the future? Alcohol, alcohol too. I think even now. That was BJ from the future. Mm-hmm. If he lives another 14 years, which on the current path, I couldn't see happening. Walsoff, thank you, buddy, for everything. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> hopefully this won't be the last. I mean, this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a lot of fun here. Yeah, we'll have. We'll definitely see you around. There's the highs and the lows. But uh, I cannot wait to see this thing. I, I, want... have some, I have some stuff to give you, too, before you uh, head out, Soph. No. So. Pretty cool. A kiss and a hug. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we, need, like we need to hug it out a little bit. Oh, I did that with him last night. So No, with uh, BJ. I, that, I tried the uh, you know, the nice angle, like, hey, man, this this is the issue here, and you got to do something about it. And, uh, I, you know, I was trying to be as nice as possible. I gave him a big hug at the end. And that didn't work. I mean, that sent him even further, like he could get away with it. I would take a break and come back. It's a hideout, Real Radio 104.1. It's a Monday night in the hideout, Real Radio 104.1. All righty. Um... Friday night before the craziness... We were at the Monster Anniversary Show broadcasting live with our fourth annual Hideout Hottie Fantasy Draft. Made to four. And next year will be V. Here's the thing about it, too. Um, the Hideout Hottie Fantasy Draft is something we've been doing. We have five categories in which we draft women in. Mm-hmm. Best in show, which is best looking overall. Uh, anal, oral. Oldie but goody and up and coming. And I gotta say, first of all, I had a blast doing it. It was the, a good draft. The draft out there. Voting has begun on hideoutheretics.net. Do we have a little recap? 
We did a uh, quick recap of the overall choices, even though apparently two are missing, so it's not really a good recap. <laughs> the 2006 Hideout Hottie Fantasy Draft. With the first pick in the 2006 Hideout Hottie Fantasy Draft, the Virtuous Virgin in the overall category select Adriana Lima with the eighth overall pick in the 2006 Hideout Hottie Fantasy Draft. El Jefe selects Kate Beckinsall with the 13th pick of the 2006 Hideout Hottie Fantasy Draft. Bateman selects Selma Hayek in the overall category. Left out of there where uh, Dub's picking Kira Knightley mm-hmm. and Chunk's picking Leanne Tweeden. So you can vote right now on hideoutheretics.net. Nameless did a fantastic job putting it together. We will not know the voting. However, whoever gets the fewest amount of votes has to stunt on Friday for the open door. Yeah. That stunt is a, it's a single mile, so they will be a human piñata. By all of the, uh, the loser will get hit once by the other four members of the show who are in the draft mm-hmm. and one heretic. Uh, looking you know, do we want to analyze it real fast, the draft? Yeah, let's look over them real quick. Let's look over the teams and the uh, initial, th- by the way, you have to sign up on hideoutheretics.net to vote. The initial thought is that Matt Albert had a pretty damn good team. Mm-hmm. I'd say he was the uh, Tennessee Titans of the New Orleans Saints this year. Yeah. Although, well, that's the overall thought. I got to say, I'm not impressed with Jessica Simpson, but I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. Especially not for Oral because of the forehead. And maybe it's just a picture of this Adriana Lima, but I don't like her. She looks a bit tarted. Oh, she's hot. Look I, at that body. No, the body is banging. But her face, she kind of looks like a zombie. Something kind of hot about that, though. Mm. But the no, old... I, I like uh, in your uh, draft, Hefe, you threw up a uh, product placement picture. Yeah. Ted Beckinsale uh, drinking a Diet Coke. And it seems to work because she is hot. You also threw in a tranny for your oral. <laughs> so that was kind of nice mix it up. Who, Fergie? Yes. Dude, all right, you want to be perfectly honest? That's essentially Lima. It's, uh, it's, are you going to compare Fergie yes, to Lima? Yes, but I'll tell you why. Banging body, a it, bit of an issue with the face. Lima has a perfect face. I don't see it there. She looks really, she looks just like Fergie in that picture. I'll send you a pic. Well, I have one right now on hideoutheretics.net. See, this is why everyone should vote for me. All right, no, for, vote for me. No, no, no. Here's Tommy ba- Tommy Bateman, I think had a hack gimmick draft. There are some gimmick picks in there. there the uh, the Stacy Keebler uh, a wrestling one, but she is hot, so you can't really go against that. But the Brooke Hogan and the Tiffany are gimmick picks. Mm-hmm. No. Because, all right, Selma Hayek, overall, I'll agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Keebler, I'll even, I'm willing to stretch with. She's hot. Uh, Marge, whoever that is, I don't Hogenberger? think. Yeah. CSI. I don't think she's hot at all, but whatever. Maybe some pu- people are into that. The Tiffany pick, while a good one, a gimmick pick for the pop. And Brooke Hogan, hideous. 
Do you like how there's the, it's a picture not showing the face? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Hideous. If you uh, if you give her the half uh, bozo wrap, it's Hulk. Uh, it's, uh, it's Hulk right there. Right, I got to tell you, it's very imperative that you guys vote on this. Hideoutheretics.net. Now, I don't think I have a bad team, but my, my problem is it's the person with the least votes, right? Yes. People are pushing some of the other teams so much that they might overlook mine. You know? See, and I agree with that, too. I think Kate Beckinsale overall is uh, fantastic. I think she's up there. Fergie for oral, I would like her to use my thing as a microphone to sing my humps, and then obviously. Hmm. Elizabeth Shrew, I think along with Diane Lane, uh, and maybe even Hurley, but she's so hot. Emma Watson is by far the best of the up-and-comers. Oh, no, Victoria Justice. And Naomi Watts is a strong pick, too. I got a really strong team. I'll say this. Maybe not any standouts. And that that might be a problem in this draft. Because people are going to look for the standout and say, oh, I love her, and click that one. That might be a problem. I have uh, I have some big names, which I'm happy about. I have uh, Kira Knightley, Shakira, Evangeline Lilly, Diane Lane, and uh, my only one that no one really knows is Victoria Justice. Which, by the way, the fact that you were able to come up with that is creepy. Why? You and Matt. Look I don't even her. know who the Matt one is. Go Just click on the name underneath there and look at the other pictures of her on uh, Google Images. No, it's not. Come on, man. <laughs> Dude. Dude, she's so, that's so wrong. I hope, but here's the thing. Worst team? Honestly, I'm giving worst team to, to uh, Tommy. But I think the uh, uh, chunks in the Bo Derek pick and, Chunk, and the uh, and the Surrey Cruz really hurt him. Those are the other two. I don't know what's worse, the Surrey Cruz and the Bo Derek, or the gimmick of Tiffany and Brooke Hogan. I think Brooke Hogan automatically throws you out. And he was fighting so hard for it to be within the rules. Leanne Tweeden is pretty good. I'd never seen her before. But see, Chunks' team is strong on the first two. I'm not real impressed with uh, Alessandra Ambrosio. Oh, I think she's hot. Bo Derek awful. Siri Cruz just stupid. He was trying. I was hoping they were going to put a fetus picture up there. I don't know. Maybe you can go in and change it. Do you, or, you, wait, click on click on Sir Cruz, the uh, name. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see, that's so funny. That's what should be up there. Nameless on hideoutheretics.net. You know what I was hoping it would be? Hmm. That Conan O'Brien thing where they morph the two phases. Uh, if somehow we could get that. Got to go to hideoutheretics.net to vote. Sign up uh, before you can vote. I'm torn. Look, here's, I'll be this. I'll say this. With my team, honestly, other than Emma Watson, but once she turns 18, absolutely. I'm like, those are all chicks that I, realistically, I mean, I guess all of them technically are, but I really like my team. Tommy, do you honestly really like yours? Um, it was better on paper, I think. Mm hmm. But it's not nearly as bad as you make it out to be. I still don't agree with your anal pick at all. She's hot, dude. I don't know. I don't care. What I've seen a said. few of his, and it's uh, not bad. I mean, Naomi Watts. What is that first picture? If you click on Google, what is she doing there? Whoa, that should that should be up on there. 
Oh, are you kidding? Look at, click on the Google photos of Naomi Watts. How hot she is. Get the hell out of here. Oh, I'm, I'm way more impressed now that I've actually done some research. Now that I've looked back at more of these, she's way good. Uh, I'm, I hold on. As an old, as, I don't know. As the anal folk? Mm hmm. No, man, I'm looking at this now and I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I was a little worried at first. Yeah, she's so hot. I'm down with that. All right, look at this. Bobby Hill coming through. I think he actually found the pick. The Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, if they made it. Hold on, let me see. It's taking a second to load. Ready to meet Spin. Oh, that has to go up. <laughs> All right, listen to that over to Nameless right now so you can put that. Because, sorry, Chunks, you don't get the, uh... The... It's not hot? No, dude, you gotta take a look at this. This is hideous. Let me send it over to you? Please. You should, no, you're gonna have to wait till he puts it on hideoutheretics.net. Son of a bitch. Matt, congratulations. I think you did it. I think you had a strong, uh, strong draft. Thank you. I work very hard at it. Well, here's the, here's what sucks, is that... Alright, Nameless is like, should I put, post that? Yes. <laughs> I know you had a very strong draft, but you have nothing else to do. True. And your point is? Get a you held a whole combine for these girls. He did. The combine him. Oh, boy. All right, let's take a break. I really had fun with this this year. I'm looking forward to next year's already. I know a lot of us were pretty excited that some didn't get taken, that we've already got them for next mm-hmm. year's draft. I've already started scouting for next year's up-and-comer. That's really creepy. 12-year-old. Well, you know, you know, the up-and-comer one is one of the most difficult ones to find. I had two. I got mine for next year. I have a feeling she's going to be in the news a lot. So I'm going to save it. Does she frequent Walmart? <laughs> no. Dubs, who you think had the strongest one? Um, I would have to go with uh, Matt. Matt looks like he had the strongest one. Me in second. I don't like Matt's overall. I told you. Adrian, oh, I, lo- I love Matt's overall. Maybe that's just a bad picture. I'm actually thinking maybe Dubs might have the strongest team. I think mine, I don't think I went too flashy, and that might be a problem, though. You know, I'm looking at this Lima chick. I'm not impressed. Right, let me reevaluate yours, Dubs, on hideoutheretics.net, the hideout hottie fantasy draft. Knightley, good pick. I actually was going to take her. You and I had agreed that I wouldn't take her mm-hmm. if I had the opportunity to go first. Shakira. The ass is terrific. I bet it smells. <laughs> like goodies. Lily. Like yummy goodness. Here's the thing about it. I don't think Evangeline Lily. Oh, I love her. I don't think she's hot. She's hot. I think she's average. I think she's a poor man's Kate Beckinsale. With a better body. Which is your no best in show. There's no way. There's no Evangeline way. Evangeline Lily's body is amazing. Yeah, There's is. no way that she could have been in Underworld in that outfit. 
Diane Lane is a strong pick. I wish I had Knightley and Lane. I don't wish them over who I have, but I would have probably You want, you want Wild Lane over uh, Shoe? I think Lane's a stronger pick than Shoe. No, I think Shoe is a better body. She got more to deal with. And I think I think my uh, up-and-comer is better than yours. No. Victoria Justice is wonderful. You're creepy. Why? All right, let's take a break and come back. It's a hometown girl. <laughs> People are writing some really crass things about each of these picks. Uh, and then Strat says Matt won't be there next year anyway. True. He's running the BJ line right now with me. It's a hideout, Real Radio 104.1. Coming up next on the hideout. Dubs, now that we've talked hideout hottie fantasy draft, let's talk NFL draft for a second. Good. I, I had a blast watching it this weekend. Uh, we'll take a break, come back, uh, have a quick recap of some of the highlights. Uh, we'll do that for you. Get your thoughts. It's a hideout, Real Radio 104.1. When we evaluated the players, we thought either one was worthy of being the first pick in the draft. If Mario Williams had been in this draft alone without Reggie Bush, he would have been the hands-down first pick in the draft. So with that in mind, we thought it was more of an offensive decision and a defensive decision. came down looking at our football team. One of the things that we have to do is improve our pass rush. And Mario Williams is a guy that can instantly improve our pass rush. With the uh, second choice in the 2006 NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints select Reggie Bush running back. USC. With the uh, third choice in the 2006 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Vince Young, quarterback, University of Texas. With the uh, 10th choice in the 2006 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Matt Leiner, quarterback, USC. I'm so intoxicated. There it is, the recap of the NFL uh, draft over the weekend, Dubs. We'll talk about it in a second. But first, it's time for the uh, local six. Heard it first here in the hideout. Hey, hideout. Have a funny... Oh, Oh. technical difficulties here. I'm sure Jacqueline is uh, used to those, though. All freaking night. (laughs) Jesus. All right, it's a great impression we're having for Jackie London from Local Six. How are you, Jackie? What's up? How are you guys doing? Fantastic. How are you? I want you to know that you're my favorite. You say that to all the girls, don't you? <laughs> I do. Uh, uh, joining us from Local 6 News, and I've obviously uh, heard it first here in the hideout, coming up, uh, Local 6 News at 11. So here in just about a half an hour, you'll get the uh, full details on all these stories. Uh, what are the big ones for tonight, uh, Miss London? Well, the big one, we're talking about Disney, something bad going on at Disney. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. What happened? I mean, we've all heard the stories, people taking the whole ATM machines rather than just the money. Mm-hmm. Well, this is kind of along the same lines, but it's crazier. Police basically say that a guy was busted in the lobby of the Disney Resort, and he stole thousands and thousands of dollars, but he didn't just take the money. He took the whole cash registers. I, I thought... <laughs> uh, crazy. Yeah, that's like going around and uh, actually trying to steal the uh, the meters uh, down mm-hmm. at the park. And you're like, I really need some change uh, for yeah, some I mean, sodas. What are you thinking? Uh, right. Now, he's got to be a strong man. So was, yeah. he, was he at least a big guy? Or do we have to wait till uh, Local 6 News at 11 to, uh, to see how he, big he was? He was big enough and bold enough because he did it in the middle of the day. Wow. Okay, he did it at night after... 
stuff shut down. No, no, no. He did the middle of the day with people all around him. I, he got away with it, not once or twice, but over and over and over and over again. Did so he have, amazing. Did, did he, he have a, any kind of uh, disguise on? Or? Worker suit or anything? No, no. He just, <laughs> what I will say, um, he used distracting techniques. All right, are we going to find that out to, to at 11? people occupied so they weren't looking his way. Yeah, and basically ripped the registers out. Very oh. coy, very sneaky, but, you know, people... Don't surprise me much anymore. No, not anymore. Uh, Jackie London from uh, Local 6 uh, News at 11 uh, joining us. All right, what's up with the DirecTV thing? Because I know Dubs, I know. Dubs yeah. has DirecTV. I, mean, I saw that on on the top of your website today. I'm like, i got to watch uh, Local 6. All right, so what's, right. what's that one there? And I have DirecTV, and we've been pro- promoting it all weekend long. About 30 DirecTV employees pulled into our station one day randomly. A lot of times we seek the stories out, but these guys... They were so fed up with what their supervisors were telling them to do that they came to our station and they sat down with us. They said, look, this is unfair. All these customers are coming to us, and what we have to do is just wrong. And they're basically trying to get more money out of the customers, and there's something very sneaky that they're saying their supervisors are telling them to do so they can get more money from us. So I, I, that. Yeah, I don't want to give away what it is because I want people to watch Local 6 Damn at 11. You. I know, but... <laughs> Uh, kind of uh, essentially saying uh, the technicians are that they've been told to lie to the customers yeah. in a roundabout way. I've had that suspicion before. And uh, have you really? Yeah. No. Uh, no, seriously. I've I've had uh, my suspicion on the uh, installers there that they sometimes aren't on the up and up. But when you find out why it is though, coming up uh, uh, on the newscast dubs, you. You kind of feel a little bit for the technicians, mm-hmm. a, a little bit. And yeah, the fact that they were that disturbed by it, that they said, you know what, we don't want to lie to our customers. And the employees were penalized for it, too. Right. If they didn't get a certain amount of money from the customers, then they were penalized from their own paycheck. So it's pretty, it's pretty intense. All the details coming up, Local 6, uh, News at 11. And then finally, tell me about this Mel birth control. Now, this is for you guys, all happy J Dubs. I'm all <laughs> about it. Like <laughs> I, I've actually said this before that if there were some sort of a pill that I could take, I've even go so, gone so far as to say I would be willing to take on the pregnancy. Mo, I would, oh, I would please. be. I'm not lying. Well, I would. He's a big fan of pooping, and nah. uh, he, he figured that'd be the best one ever. I would. <laughs> you're so wrong. I said, why would I have my chick ruin her body when I could already ruin my body, and it's not that big a deal? I'm a big believer in it. But what's you go through the 18 hours of labor? Yes. <laughs> it just seems like you're lying on your back, you're getting drugs. Seems fun. Oh, seriously, yeah, I would like wow. a nice little uh, IV of those things. <laughs> uh, I know you got to go. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the birth control pill for men. It could soon be on the market. You know, you guys could carry around those little pink packs of pills, and the roles could be reversed. As so. long as it's camouflage, I'm okay with yeah. it. No pink. Yeah, okay, not pink. <laughs> as long as I can or do leather it. or something like that. But anyway, once you hear about this. You might not be so hesitant. We'll yeah. tell you why. You might want to get on board with it. It's, um, it's yeah. pretty good. Can it make the top, the hair on the top of my head grow back? Because if so, I'm in, just for the side effects. Just for the side effects. Bob is in. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's Who needs hair? I know, exactly. Thank goodness. Uh, God so tell me what you think. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackie. One more story that's pretty nasty. Okay. Good. But it's something you got to know about. You all remember the Wendy's chili, the finger found in the bowl mm-hmm. of chili? Yes. It ended up being a fake. Well, we're going through that all over again. Oh, no. Another finger found in food at a very 
very popular restaurant. In fact, I'll go out on a limb and guarantee that all you guys have likely eaten here. And most, if not all, your listeners. All right. Well, there she. She's good at the teasing. Yeah, she knows how to sell it. Uh, Local six news at eleven. Uh, you see it all in just minutes uh, on Local six news at eleven. Jacqueline, thank you for sw- stopping into the hideout. Appreciate it. Great job. Thanks for having us. Appreciate right. it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Local as well. Yeah, don't get the soul brother going. <laughs> but um. Yeah, man. The Disney thief thing. But the DirecTV, I don't want to give it away because I want people to watch Local 6. But when you go through and you hear what exactly happened... Crazy. You understand why they went. Um, they felt so guilty that they went to the, the news. Not Well, not guilty because it had something to do with them, too. Like, it was hurting them as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we'll take a break and come back. It's a Hideout Row Radio 104.1. All right, it's a Hideout Row Radio 104.1. Admiring my uh, team on hideoutheretics.net. Go vote for Team J Dubs, the treehouse. Vote for them. Team Hefe's Hoochies. Virtuous Virgins. Boo. Vote for who you want to see stunt. I mean, don't vote yeah. for them. No, uh uh-uh, uh, I dumped that ass wipe. <laughs> the net people heard it. That was a dick move. <laughs> got me pissed off today. Why? I don't know. Being an ass. He hasn't done anything today. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the problem. Well, I'll be quite honest, none of us have. No. I sent today. several pages of prep. I deleted it all. Didn't like it. That's good, because it wasn't very good anyway. Yeah, that's exactly why. Uh, dubs? Real fast, mm-hmm. the one thing that did bring you joy over the weekend, the NFL draft. No, oh, wait a second. No, I, it didn't. I don't think it, I, I wasn't, you know, upset with it in the end. Uh, at first I was with the first pick. Well, with Mario Williams going to, no, you mean Lions? Lions first pick. Well, let me say this first of all. Uh, conspiracy. I think Houston did not take Reggie Bush. Because they are fed up with the evacuees being in Houston. And they want to help build New Orleans. So as a gift, they gave them Reggie Bush. That's a uh, hell of a conspiracy theory there. Hey, think about it. You see it all the time. Uh, Houstonians, sick of uh, Katrina evacuees. Here's a nice little way to build New Orleans back up. That's like me saying I'm, I'm sick of AIDS babies. I don't want him around. That's Houston for you. I hate it. But uh, so that was my just little conspiracy. What do you think about your uh, your draft? Because you guys, the Lions, somehow miraculously had the opportunity to pick up Matt Leinart. Mm-hmm. And we passed him up. And I understand why. Because they were in a no-win situation there. They take Leinart. They're, uh, they're criticized for taking offense again. They don't take him. They're criticized for not taking Leinart. Uh, they claim that this guy was really high in the draft board, and they uh, honestly, Ernie Sims, the great Ernie Sims. Ernie Sims, by that name alone, should be a catcher in baseball. That is true. Ernie is a baseball name, not mm-hmm. a football name. 
Ernie Eppin Sims. That's why he's kept on saying over and over again. The C, when you guys, when Leinert slips to nine, and I was over at your place, me and my chick with you and BJ, to see how excited you guys were just waiting for them to call out Leinert's name. And then they come out with... Ernie Sims. To see the way you guys... No wonder BJ drank so much this weekend. I was surprised... Ernie you were, Sims pushed him to it? You should have just said Ernie Sims to him. And he would have been like, you know what, this is what it's all about. I'm sorry. My fault. Now, I my biggest shock of the draft overall was Marcus Vick not being taken by anybody. I know he has the issues of uh, you know being a hothead and everything, but in the seventh round, he's sitting there, and you don't take him? Nope, I wouldn't. Dude, he got busted with an underage chick when he was in college. Yes. He has his faults, but it doesn't mean he can't play on the field. Uh, I think he's a, he's a good enough uh, athlete to try to make a project player out of him. You turn him into a safety or a Randall L or something like that. I say throw him in there as quarterback. If you don't, if you have a team that's not that equipped at quarterback, put him by third in the quarterback listing, and then uh, see if he can work his way up. If not, then you throw him a defense or you know some kind of slot uh, receiver position. I say the uh, the uh, Falcons should have taken him. Vic to Vic. The last thing you need. There's, there's way too much damage. There's, uh, one Vic is enough for breaking hearts in that town. There's no need to have another. Well, Dubs. Ron and Roy, Mexico. <laughs> Dubs, what do you think your team's going to do this year? The Lions. My Cowboys came out great. I'm going for 500. Not a way to shoot high. <laughs> I've been going for 500 the last uh, three or four years, saying, okay, once we get to 500, we can build from there. We haven't been able to uh, get to 500 yet. How about just say playoffs? I'd love to get to the playoffs. Super Bowl. How about what you have tattooed on your body? World champions. <laughs> it says Super Bowl champions. As a matter of fact, get the quote right. What was the year on that one? I had to go uh, over at the birthday birthday uh, this week. I had to show my ass to, uh, to some of the uh, real rock people to uh, show them my Buccaneer tattoo. Hmm. Why'd you get that one? Lost a bet. Why'd you get the other Lions tattoos? Lost a bet. <laughs> you want to bet on whether or not they make 500? No. Come on. There's no way. They won't win a game then. Tattoo for tattoo. Who versus who? Me versus you. If they go 500, you'll get a tattoo? No. What am I, an idiot? Matt's in, though. No. I, I'm not putting a tattoo bet up against a black man. It has to be a fair bet. <laughs> Just put it on the dark part of me. <laughs> put it on my hand. No one will see it. We'll take a break. Come back. All right, let's give away some prizes. Let's wrap up the show with the Hideout Headlines Game Show. Call now. Be a winner. Real fast. 407-916-1041-888-978-1041. Star-1041 on your singular wireless phones. we got movie tickets. we got DVDs. Tickets to Craig Ferguson at the Hard Rock. WWE prize packs, Hideout Headlines Game Show next on Real Radio 104.1. We're going to have to make it fast on Real Radio 104.1. We'll start it off with Eric in Port Orange. Eric, what category you want? World, national, local, sports, entertainment, or strange? Uh, how about strange? All right, here we go, Eric. Hold on one second. You have to turn the right mic on. 
Mm. All right, here we go. All right, strange multiple choice. Uh, military authorities are concerned as certain members of the U.S. military are suspected of doing what in Iraq? A, burning crosses on Iraqi front yards. B, tagging the walls with graffiti. C, leaving keys in unmanned military vehicles. Or D, blogging specific military strategies online. Uh, D, online. Uh, sorry, Eric. Thank you, buddy. Tagging the walls with the graffiti. Apparently, a Chicago gain sign has been oh. popping up all over Iraq, all over the walls. They're not sure where it's coming from. The I'm Windy sh- Warriors. <laughs> uh, oops. Yeah. Guess that wasn't in the handbook. The Cubby Commandos. <laughs> Matt and Winter Springs, you next. World, national, local, sports, or entertainment. Which category would you like? Uh, entertainment. All right, here we go, buddy. Entertainment is multiple choice. Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones reportedly was sent to the hospital after he did what while vacationing? A, fell out of a coconut tree. B, fell off of a stripper pole. C, fell into a cactus grove. Or D, fell off of a ski lift. Uh, fell off a ski lift? Sorry, that's as well. He fell out of a coconut tree, uh, I guess 16 feet. <laughs> what is? What a, the hell is old Keith Richards doing up in a uh, in a coconut tree? I, I guess he was picking coconuts on vacation. Then uh, they're not really quite sure about this part, but they say afterwards he may have been hit by a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta go. It'd be airlifted to the hospital because uh, his that wife. That guy's so frail. Yeah, that's Blanche Devereaux falling out of that tree. Yeah, they say he's probably fine. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> uh, Brad and Orlando, you're next. World, national, local, or sports? Uh, local. All right, here we go, Brad. All right, local is fill in the blank. At a West Palm Beach, this radio jack jackass must submit to random drug tests under an agreement that will dismiss a prescription um, drug fr- uh, fraud charges against him after 18 months if he compiles with the terms. Complies. 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 Uh, Rush Limbaugh. There you go. You're a winner. Hold on, my friend. Getting off kind of easy. Yeah. Seems, and it's a victory, apparently. He was right all along. Hmm. Like I said, if they had real evidence, they'd put a better case against By him. By the way, uh, yeah, right. If uh, there was real evidence that there was a good black quarterback out there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, tomorrow we'll have the audio from the Colbert roasting of President Bush. Which is great. Douche chill. Is one way to describe it. Brian and Palm Bay, world, national, or sports? Uh, how about world? Here's world news. All right, world is multiple choice. This country successfully tested a locally made magnetic uh, levitation train, promising that they are working on a train that will be able to travel at speeds of up to 200 ma- uh, 280 miles an hour. H, uh, Germany, B, China, C, Afghanistan, or D, Madagascar? Uh, Germany. <laughs> China should go really fast. Because they're lighter. Yep. They have hollow bones over there. By the way, I got it. I got it. <laughs> like birds. I got an email about a guy pissed off about you guys and the Japanese people catch on fire easier. <laughs> like matchsticks, I tell you. Uh, Kindle and wood. Eric in Winter Springs, you're next up. National or sports? Eric. Sports. All right, here's sports. Sports is fill in the blank. Jai Lewis, who helped which college basketball team and my alma mater to this year's Final Four, signed a rookie free agent contract to potentially play tight end with the New York Giants. Which college did he go to? Uh, New York. George Mason, Mason. University. Basketball player signing on, uh, uh, doing the whole Gates thing. I think a lot of the uh, the teams are doing that now, where they're taking a basketball player, putting him at tight end. And let's wrap up the Hideout Headlines game show with Jeff. Jeff, you ready? 
Yeah, man. I wish I was there with a camera to see Keith Richards, man. That was a Kodak moment. <laughs> Here we go, Jeff. You're left with National, my friend. National's true or false, though it was spe speculated that hundreds of thousands of mostly Hispanic immigrants would boycott work to show the value of migrant workers. The numbers of immigrants that actually skipped work were, were minimal, causing no real disruption for many businesses. Is that so true or false? No, that's true. All right. Especially in California, a lot of farms and factories uh, took took a kind of a big hit today. Yeah, there was a lot of disruption to a lot of places today. And just think about it. How would the show have been if I had not been here tonight? Think about that. Terrific. It was all about BJ. Mm -hmm. You could have taken the night off. Well, hell, I wish I'd known that. I'd have stayed home. I was pretty busy today, too. Doing what? Handling some business. Business. None of your concerns. All right, that was the Hideout Headlines Game Show. We also had Heard It First. Hideout Headlines Game Show brought to you, by the way, by the Wholesale Furniture Market. Mm-hmm. Designer sofas normally $8.99, starting as low as $2.99. Wholesale Furniture Market, 40,000 square feet of quality home furniture, 50 to 70% off every day. Wholesale Furniture Market, State Road 436 in Castleberry, next to the Sam's Club, 407-332-1314. And thank you to Jackie London for coming into the hideout tonight. Local 6 News at 11, literally in two minutes. Check them out. they got some great stories. Details on the Disney Thief, the DirecTV investigation, and male birth control. Also, thank you to uh, Sue... I can't remember. Uh, Sue Erickson Blow, uh, Blowlin, who came in to talk about her book, In the Shadow of Fame. Yes. Very good book. Sue Erickson Blowlin. Uh, she was fantastic, and we'll hopefully have her on at some point. Remember, vote for our Hefe's Hoochies on HideoutHeretics.net. J-Dub's Treehouse, what? For the uh, Hideout Hottie Fantasy Trap. J-Dub's Treehouse, gonna win it all. Other than that, wake up with the monsters. Oh, and thank you to Jeff Wagstaff, who came into the mm -hmm. Hideout tonight, too, to kind of talk about everything that happened. Uh, wake up with the monsters in the morning. Shannon Burke, Midday, Phillips, fall in the afternoon. Hideout's back at 7. Don't be ashamed to entertain listening to The Hideout on Real Radio 104.1. Funniest night show in America, best nighttime entertainment in Orlando. Be somebody always talk good, and God bless King Dude. Question everything and stay classy. Real Radio Rewind, up next. It's all four shows, best of segment. Take you through the rest of the night. That's if you're not watching Local Six. Other than that... We out, bitch! 5,000! 5,000! 5,000! Go! Go! Shut up! Stop it, you weak, you baby! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! They're here! They're here! I wish I know how to quit you.